hello and welcome to this very special episode of the Undermine, the 45th uh, in order, but that's not why it is special. My exclusive guest today is Coverex uh, from uh, Factorio, and uh, it is a lesser known fact that he is also the creator, or not the creator, but one of the founder of the Brood War API project. So a very warm welcome. How are you? Hello, I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> And uh, I prepared a bunch of topics, but uh, we, we were uh, chatting a little bit uh, before this cast. And uh, unfortunately, I will have uh, uh, I will ask you a little bit of the same questions. So mm-hmm. uh, let's start with uh, your your history with StarCraft and your history with gaming, because that is that is uh, very interesting. You mentioned that you had a lot of LAN, LAN parties and uh, yes. PC cafe stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. just go on. So we have, so we had, uh, we started playing really early. We had LAN parties with friends because before even internet was available. And then I started to play a lot on internet. And uh, quite soon I discovered like what, I don't know how many hours I actually spent on the game. Like I would say thousands for sure. And, but I kind of learned that my, like my, my stronger, stronger part of my play was the strategy and like the thinking about counter strategies, etc. But what I really didn't like about the game is like how fast you can click, that you can really re- you need to basically be everywhere at the same time. You need to be really, uh, you have to have high and efficient APM, etc. You can't really, don't really have the time to think more deeply about anything in the game. You need to really uh, think about it beforehand. You need to have prepared strategies. But when you play, you really need to be really fast. And efficient. So uh, eventually, when I when I like discovered my limits, because then I was playing on, I remember playing on ICC Cup. If you remember ICC Cup, I oh, don't yeah. know. Maybe it probably still exists. I guess, but I I remember like uh, you know fighting, trying to get as 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 high as I can. I remember getting like I don't know. I was like I was not really that good. I was like C C plus maybe B minus at my best times. Uh, and that was it. And I really, I truly really struggled to get uh, to get higher. And I, I, I basically recognized that just because of these limits, I couldn't get APM higher than I don't know 150. It was my absolute like maximum. Like in in the in the whole game, obviously, like the spikes you can have higher, but whatever. So so I was thinking how to what to do with it like what what how can i still enjoy the game and first i started to make some simple programs i remember super long time ago that i i tried to like read the the monitor like i made some program that was reading the screen and i tried to make like some super simple helper helper tools like something that would for example send my drones on one location but overlords on another location or some tool that would allow me to automatically like build drones or army everywhere etc and it was really hard because StarCraft uses, I don't know if the remastered version uses, probably not, but the old version used some palette techniques where it changes palette, palette a lot to fake some animations. And and when you read, read just the calls from the screen, it's really not easy to recognize what's going on. So I had to make some non-trivial, like, so I, so I learned that some specific pixels uh, that when I read, they are different based on what unit is, for example, selected. And I tried to make some hacking tools, but it was really like not defi- not efficient. And some very, some much later, I was started to be interested in the 
you know, and also I was interested in making maps. Um, mainly my like my most famous map is the micro tournament. I don't know if you are aware. Like the it's called Nem Marvin. It was one of my nicks. Like Nem Nem was not enough minerals. It was the Kafaru clan, and uh, it's Nem Marvin's micro tournament. You have like uh, I don't know. I think it's played at most by eight players and. They are like randomly grouped in pairs and play together and who wins, you know, like a, like a tournament. Uh, did you play the map? Sounds you know? vaguely familiar, but I yeah. am not, not, not sure. But uh... I, I remember that there were a lot of micro maps and I, I was generally also a fan of micro maps, maybe because I knew it's my generally like weak spot in game. So I tried to like focus on my weakest spot. So I started making micro maps when most of the micro maps were very like small and not that good so i tried to make like one master micro map that would be uh, would have everything so i i had like i don't know i remember i think like there's like 250 levels and different kind of levels even things like bunker rush levels etc and the fact that you you can play as a tournament i people played it quite a lot and some sometimes people still played until this point so it's like it was one one of my uh one of my favorite things and then uh this is still like this still wasn't wasn't enough so sometime later i decided to try to make uh yeah and and because of the micro tournament i tried to i i wanted to make like a map where computer would be better like i started uh, because you can actually even in the original starcraft you have something like scripts where you can specify basically the strategy that the computer will use. I was like, oh, this that sounds interesting. That could be then that could be the way I would enjoy the game. Actually, writing the scripts and making a computer actually strong, because it was, it was it was laughable, like how how weak the computer was. Especially, especially it's like it usually tried like first some first kind of attack and then it did almost nothing. I By like, the way, I think mm -hmm. uh, the modding community uh, actually predates uh, the brood war ai community because mm -hmm. i remember remember cast uh, the stuff you mentioned this scripting and unit behavior and mm -hmm. people making custom campaigns and even custom versions of the game uh, are you familiar with Han Huncraft or, or Huncraft? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, that's that's no wonder. Uh, it is it is rediscovered recently. It's actually a Hungarian spin-off of StarCraft with with a <laughs> completely remodded, uh, uh, well not completely, but a remodded uh, campaign. Uh, two new, two or three new units units for each race, and uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it was and it was like around two thousand and two or two thousand and three. So it it's it's really interesting, and uh, they yeah they uh, they compared the game a little bit as well. So uh, yeah, the modding modding actually predates uh, Brood War AI. Yeah, so so I I found some page where they actually tried to improve the scripts and they were exchanging the scripts. It probably still exists. I don't know. I, I don't remember where it was, but but it it became very quickly obvious that without some micromanagement, which I found that you can't control in any way, it won't be any strong because basically you can't just uh, the micromanagement, the default micromanagement and can't, uh, army control is so yeah it's so weak that uh, you can always find some stupid way to win against it so it was uh, obvious super fast that if i want to make something meaningful i really need to a way to control the units specifically like to make so so then i decided okay then i uh, okay and i remember there was like 
okay, so this is obvious. Someone had to or had to do it. It, it needs to be there. Like for StarCraft, super, pop, super super popular game. Someone definitely made API already, right? So I started searching, and there was none. I couldn't find anything. So I was super surprised by it. So so I had to I had to do it because if no one did it, so then I had to do it. This is how I generally think. I don't try to do things just to, you know, like when someone is when something already exists and is good. There's no reason to 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 try to make it but better. But if if it doesn't exist, we have to do it. So, but I it was really like interesting thing for me because I had no idea about uh, the com. Like, I mean, I was familiar with programming. I, maybe I, this is one of the things I didn't say in the beginning. I am programming since I was eleven. So and now now I'm thirty six. So I'm programming how much twenty five years already. So I'm kind of familiar with programming and like I wasn't programming like nonstop all the time but it's most of the time I was doing something so I kind of when I when I when wanted to do the Starcraft uh, API uh, I was familiar with programming but I had no idea how the compiling works how how can you even like technically do it how can you like read to like how can you inject something in the code or whatever so but I was like well let's try to find out and I first started, so I had to like, I found some tools. I remember I was using Oli, Oli, Oli Debug, it's, I think something like that it's called. It's a tool that you, where you can basically open the application. The stack, I used it for StarCraft and you can, uh, uh, you see the assembler and you can put breakpoints, you can put data breakpoints, you can do different kind of stuff. So the first thing I did was that I started to, uh, research what's already known so i i i search uh, forums where people were doing map hacks it was the first source of information and i needed to find you know because stack it's like imagine that you have i don't know how much code it is but you have like basically almost infinite amount of uh, assembler code you had no you have no idea what's doing what because there's no variable names nothing and you need to start somewhere it's like okay so i want to control stack after where do i start what do i what do i do so I opened these uh, hacking sites and I started looking for some info and I found some very, very, very basic info about the structure. Like uh, basically I was able to find, I think the structure of like where are the units saved in the memory and some very, very basic things because the map hackers, they really, they didn't really need much. They just needed some basic things for the map hacks. But, but it gave me some general idea where are the things in the memory. Uh, I learned uh, how to how to inject, which is basically pretty simple. But it's uh, like you you find a you find a piece of code, and somewhere where you want to put your code, like there's a jump, and you put jump into your program, you do your stuff, and then you jump back to the program. So basically, you like put your piece of code inside the code. So I started to experiment, and then we started. Uh, then we had to map what means what because like for example I, I knew that this is the data of the unit but I, I knew about like three of the variables what they are and the rest of it was just random data I had no idea so we started to like map what the unit data means and it was it was actually pretty interesting because uh, it was like detective work it's like debugging a problem actually in your program but with, with without even knowing how the program works so you try to do random things with the unit, you look at the data, you try to change the things and look what happens. Basically called mm -hmm. archaeology. 
Uh, by the way, are you familiar with the OpenBWO project? Open what? OpenBWO. It is a decompiled version oh, of the. Game. I actually know. I am not ever. I am not ever. I don't know if it existed at the time. I would guess not. No, no, no. It is. It is. Uh, I think uh, a little bit uh, like five years old. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So this is much, much, much uh, older. So I remember, like, so we started like, then. So then I was then 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 looked at it had, a, when I had some first uh, success. Like I think the first success was like reading positions of units and maybe ordering move command to unit or something. I was super excited because suddenly it did something. It was super simple, but I I had some first success. So I was I I, I wanted to do it as an open source project. So I started to open source project to open, I say, how is it called, Prudvi API. And uh, I think the uh, Adam joined me super soon. I think it was almost in, in the beginning because I remember that we were negotiating the uh, Sorry for the audience. Uh, we are talking about uh, Adam Heinerman, who yeah. I also had in the cast. Uh, I'm afraid to say the surname because I would misspell it, but yeah, Adam Heinemann, yeah. Uh, and we, I remember negotiating the code style for the project, like, okay, so we will have brackets this way, but then we will have capitalization your way, etc. It was really funny. And because it was basically my first uh, group project uh, like this. And and then we started to like, do it together. And suddenly when we had two people, it started to go forward much, much faster. And I, I remember like in the beginning, I, I was testing it and, and I couldn't resist to try it to do some funny stuff. And when it started to be reliable for some basic stuff, I made like a, I would call it, maybe it's actually kind of a hack tool, but not really a hack tool in a way that I would just uh, look at map hack. But I wanted to see like how much it can alter the game. So I made a like a helper program that uh, I would specify in some uh, XML file, like what kind of units I want to be. I, I program it basically for one map for Python. And I specify, oh, I remember one of the first things I discovered is that when you micromanagement uh, mining, you can get like plus 20%. I think you are well aware when you are active in the AI community, but you have, can have like plus 20% or maybe even more mining um, efficiency. I think it's it's not that much, but, but at least... Uh... To ten I, to fifteen or something like that, but definitely, think, a, definitely a visible improvement. Yeah, I think it was like, I think it was actually like it depends obviously how much uh, drones you have, but if you have like, the, the the trick was that when you have for example nine minerals, uh, and then if you have eighteen drones or as uh, workers, then eight, then double the minerals is enough for perfect mining. You don't need anything else, and. Uh, with this, like if you have 18, for example, 18 workers for nine minerals, the, the efficiency increases, I think, really, really big. And and especially if you play competitively, even 10% is huge, obviously. It's like it's when you play for every second or for every unit, it's like 10% is crazy. So so I, I had like I, I, I did this and then I made some uh, the idea was that, OK, so I will play with this helper and I will play some super stupid strategy but still like win by the brute force power. So I played like mass marine for against everything. So for example, I was playing Terran versus Protoss and I was just playing late game mass marine. It was absolutely crazy. Like he, the people, and the, the, I, I always told them like at the end that it was like experiment of, uh, you know, the, the tool, etc. 
but in the beginning they had no idea what's going on so for example you know like when you see uh Tehran, when you see Tehran building marines and you are protos like it's like you think okay so this is some beginner this is some weird uh you expect that either he is a beginner or it's some kind of uh timing attack or something and i i was building marines and expanding and i was it was not timing it like i was just massing them more and more and more and uh, and suddenly like the mechanics of the game were different because i could i could really spam them in huge high, huge numbers and i could get nukes super fast because the strategy was that i get i get marines i get uh, goals that i can lock down things and i get nukes and it was so efficient that i could just like nuke the people and like swarm when the marines from all the side and people didn't know what's going on then they opened the replay there's like 5000 apm and they <laughs> they knew that something was wrong and, oh, and, and, awesome. I, and i told them but it, that was the point when i realized like okay so uh this clearly shows that the like mechanical playing of the game is uh like strong enough to that if mechanic like if the mechanical uh, ability can like override the strategy or anything because there was no strategy this was like messing marines then uh, i'm not that much interested in playing because i don't care that much about the mechanical like mechanic improvements but so this and then and then we uh started like uh improving the api even more and then we started uh making some preparations for for bots etc where and... did you where did you find uh, Heinerman and uh, was there others other contributors in this early stage? I think there was one more. I don't remember it really that much, but I remember that I actually like, I quit the basically doing it. Then, like at the point when we had we had it working like good enough that you could do not everything. Like it was not ready for. For example, I don't think that there was the mechanic. Mechani Currently, there's this mechanics that you can't see things that are not in focus of war, etc. These mechanics were not, not there when I left the project. But other than that, like the the foundations were there. Like you could read whatever you want. You can you could upgrade. You could I don't know. You could do all the basic stuff that you needed for the, for the board to be to play and then and and then and then i realized how much work because my 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 obviously like the api i didn't do it to make api for people like it obviously i wanted people to use it because they would improve the api but the goal was like okay i made api so i can finally make the bot but uh, then it took so much time that uh, i lost i lost interest i had some other things in my life uh, so basically at this stage i just uh, I basically started contribute, stopped contributing to the project, and I started doing different things. And I kind of forgot about it in a way that's like, okay, so this was something I did, and I had no idea that it started to be like. And then after some years, some people contacted me, and I, I checked the project again, like two years later or something, or three years later. And I was like, oh, people actually use it. Oh, actually, it's it's alive, and and. Uh, People use it for several things, and I was I was actually super surprised that even like I was like oh, and some university use it to teach AI, etc. It's like I had no idea, so uh, it kind of it was my first experience with open open source project. So I never because before always when I stopped working on something, it was just in my you know in my drawer, I can say like in my computer, and nothing happened with it. And it was first time when I realized that okay, the fact that it's open source. 
it's really nice that you can uh, grow kind of like own. building a workshop uh, just just to fine tune your car so yeah. you really went above and beyond and uh, did you uh, did you uh, meet uh, Chertitsky uh, later uh, yeah you you, yeah, yeah, you I, mentioned I, that before I, i'm asking that, I, that for but the i met audience. him way 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 later right basically uh, just just to say uh, one one of the things like basically so my my wife talking about the map and about the api because at that point i realized okay so i made quite popular Starcraft map. I spent a lot of time on the map, and then I made some Blu-ray API, which is also not not that I made it only myself, but I started a project, let's say. And I was like, okay, so I made two projects, but I had, you know, there's not nothing for me in it, and I, I still had not. I really didn't have much money. I I was kind of struggling. It was the part of my life where I uh, wasn't doing that well, I would say, and I was thinking, this is I need. Obviously, I can do something, so I, I need to think about how to do stuff to actually also make money out of it. Because, uh, because making open source uh, free project is nice, but you know, I I want to I want some something for myself. And this is this is where I realized that I need to do something commercial. It's just uh, this this was an important important like lesson for me. I think uh, if, if for example, if Brood War wasn't successful if the api wasn't successful and the map wasn't successful maybe i wouldn't be thinking about that much it actually need to make my projects commercial because I, i wouldn't some, think that it could happen with mm-hmm. some tongue, tongue-in-cheek response let me say that i'm intimately familiar uh, of uh, profitability and brood wars relationship <laughs> but let's not dwell on that i absolutely uh, can understand your p- uh, peace of mind Uh, at the time and uh, was this around uh, like 2012 or so because i read somewhere that that's around the time when you started working on factorio yeah i started basically i think more than eight years ago so it probably 2012 2012 yes so so i don't know if you want to start talking about factorio then i do have can... some uh, starcraft related questions uh, first of all mm-hmm. which, so, which race mm-hmm. you played i i think that everyone wants to know that well my favorite is zerk yeah it's, me uh, too <laughs> it's that's the best it's it's the most like what i like about zerk is that you have from i feel that we have the most uh, you know most i would say it you have the biggest uh area of of decisions because uh, basically for example when you're playing protoss it's in a way it's simple you just build probes and you build army and obviously you need to choose the timing and expansions and the army etc but in the very basic core mechanics it's the same like you build probes and you build army but i super i love about zach super much that you can you can build whatever from Eldarves, which gives much more uh, freedom to crazy things like you can like really like built a huge amount of probes and and get the economy uh, up super fast or you can just make full army at full all in with whatever like the, the possibilities i feel they are much like and the, and therefore the strategy related strategies i feel that they are much more interesting and much more crazy this is why why, why i love zerg and obviously I... also also because zerglings zerglings like are just i love zerglings they're like great <laughs> And they are everywhere and coming from all the sides. It's it feels really good. <laughs> Actually, I uh, mm-hmm. I named my first bot uh, Jumpy Doggo bot because uh, the Zerlings are just cute little Jumpy Doggos who want to hug you. So uh, mm-hmm. 
the, that is a thing that you know now. So uh, what I wanted to ask is, uh, did you write a bot yourself for the SSC, uh, for SSCIT or, or just for yourself before that? No, I didn't write <clears throat> any bot, basically. I didn't write any bot that would be completely self-sufficient. I, I, I was making these helper programs that were like half, like they, for example, did macro and I did micro myself or something, but I never wrote self-sufficient bot yet. I was doing some experiments like a few years ago. I would say like three, four years ago, but I never like finished with it because I just didn't, I just didn't allocate enough of time and I had other priorities. But uh, especially like basically my my idea with the bot was that I'm aware that uh, using some kind of machine learning or something like that is almost needed to make like bot that's really good. But my idea was, okay, let's try to make first like me mechanical bot in a way that we will just program some strategies and try to program the behavior and see how far can we get. So we kind of uh, have some idea of what can we expect from the machine learning uh, to compare it if actually it can be better or worse compared to like the mechanical solution, if you know what I mean. So that was the general plan, but we never even made mechanical solution. Uh, you mentioned that you didn't really follow this scene closely in recent mm -hmm. years. Uh, I think the general consensus is uh, right now is machine learning definitely helps, but it is it is not uh, not the end all be all. And actually, many bots, many high ranking bots, are not using learning at all, or not using uh, what you would call machine learning. Mm -hmm. So, and also, uh, the, I will mention some events that that might be surprising for you. Uh, we had two corporate teams. Uh, participating in uh, SSEIT so far. Uh, mm -hmm. One was a Facebook team and uh, one was from Samsung. Actually, the mm -hmm. Samsung Samsung team's bot was uh, was very well funded and they co consulted with Korean pro players as well. Uh, were you aware of that? No, not at all. So, yeah, uh, this is... Uh, so how did it go and when, when did it happen? Uh, I think two years ago where, where say, the, the Samsung bot was entered, but I'm not mm -hmm. sure. And there was a bot called Cherry Pie, which was maybe one year before. I don't know, but we have one of the developers in the chat, and maybe he can he can provide us with timeline. But relatively recently, I would mm -hmm. say. And how does it go? How did it go? Uh, they were a top ranking, but uh, I think Seda maybe won. Uh, Cherry Pie didn't I, uh, that I know, but top. To, uh, ranking top bot cherry uh mm -hmm. oh sorry uh P purple wave is correcting me uh cherry pie won sseit 2017-18 and say the one aied uh 2018 i'm i'm sorry i so bad so bad with this result so mm -hmm. uh yeah they the point is that they did very good they are still uh very high ranking bots and uh, you mentioned that you uh, didn't know about uh, the Schneer pro project as well, which is a, uh, which is my pro project. So I won't uh, tout on my own horn <laughs> too much. But yeah, it is a human versus AI platform, and uh, it mm -hmm. was it is a little bit more recognized now. I I will definitely try it. Oh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah. So you, go can on, you get? 
I, I'm kind of curious if now when you, when I have you here, like what is the like general development of the, let's say, strength of the robot? Like if you, uh, is there some kind of, can you rate them, for example? Like if you put them on ladder with humans, what kind of rank would they get or something like that? Uh, you... There is an ELO rating. And uh, this is this is a self-contained system because uh, there is the SSEIT r- ranking, uh, which is between bots, and there is mm-hmm. the Schneer rating, which is an ELO score, which is be- between humans and bots. Uh, the general consensus seems to be that uh, the bots are around a C rank, C or maybe the top one is lower B rank, but uh, yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, so around I, my level, so I could have a fun with them. Uh, yeah. I hope so, and uh, definitely uh, one of the uh, goals of this project uh, that first of all training, second having casual fun with bots, uh, and mm-hmm. if you're a pro, uh, you can you can uh, practice against a consistent opponent as well. Mm-hmm. I will check the scores just a second, but uh, the fifteen hundred is the base ELO, and around. 1680 or something is the highest bot last I checked. No, and the question is like, did it like, uh, how did it change in the past few years? Like, was it, is it, is there a progress? Do, do you feel that there's a progress change in the past? Oh, and also what I'm kind of interested in, uh, is it obviously depends on how much computing power you give these robots. Like when you have a competition, you can run it on some computer and how do how, what are the limitations? Uh, actually, I uh, it is my impression that the top ranking bots uh, sometimes get into performance uh, problems. Uh, Starcraft being a game from 1998s isn't really isn't optimized. It's not using GPU at all. So basically, you have the CPU to work with. So you actually need to optimize your your bot. And there are the quirks of the Brood War engine, like not being able to handle more than I think 40k APM. So uh, there are mm-hmm. there are those, uh, and these limitations are hit by uh, hit by uh, by uh, certain bots. And uh, uh, Purple Wave is correcting me in the chat, which I'm very grateful for because. Uh, yeah, he, he is a little bit more more uh, up to date on that. But uh, yeah, uh, GPU usage is allowed for bots. Uh, I'm not saying uh, that uh, that it wasn't, but uh, yeah, Woodward itself uh, isn't terribly. Yeah, optimized. but the question is, okay, I I am ever I, I can understand that the GPU usage is allowed, but what I'm asking is like I can imagine how to say it. Like I am actually interested what. What can the bots do if they have whatever computing power they have? I'm not that much interested. Like, what can the bots do with some limited, like very limited amount of computing power? And the point is that if you, um, if you made a bot and it, and it needed, I don't know, some kind of twenty servers, GPU on power of for computation to run, and it would just externally have to have to run this to, you know, to be able to compute what it had to do then how would you solve it? Like, would you not just allow it to to compete or how would you solve it? Uh, that is a good question. Uh, actually, um, on SSEIT, there is a set hardware that you can, uh, that you have and you have to optimize for that. 
Or Snailit's a little bit different because the bots run on the user's computer. So as you, you don't really, if you uh, write a bot for Snail, you have to have to optimize for the average computer. Yes. So that's that's my answer. I, I don't know if that's yeah, a but but that's one. still yeah, but it's still like the point is like what what you know what the the real I don't know maybe the motivation is like there are diff, there are different motivations. But for me, the motivation is to see something great basically. Like this is why I'm interested. No, I would like to be interested in AI generally. Like I don't I don't care how much people can like do with some limited hardware i i care like obviously the hardware is always limited but if if some bot can do some really great stuff like incredible stuff but it needs some big server to run then uh, i prefer to just try to allow it to use it so we can see incredible stuff rather than saying okay whatever you, you bad luck you just can't compete here you know what i mean uh, yeah, the best example for that uh, is AlphaStar, which is an SC2 bot, and yeah. it basically had all the money and hardware in the world, and it reached Grandmaster rank. Uh, we didn't really have anything like that in Brood War. Okay. Uh, and it but is I think I think I think that needed they they didn't need that much hardware to actually run it. Like they needed a lot of hardware to learn to to make the evolution learning yes. and to learn it. But to run it, I think it was almost on a normal computer, just two or three computers or something like that, right? It wasn't yeah, I, crazy. I, I believe so. So uh, it wasn't, uh, yeah, like you said, training was, was uh, mm-hmm. costly and used a lot of hardware. Running it probably uh, mm-hmm. didn't. I don't, didn't, mm-hmm. uh, don't actually know what hardware uh, AlphaStar used. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, regarding Brood War bots, it is my impression that... Uh, usually the limitations are not that hardware based it's just uh mm-hmm. it, is, it is really freaking hard to make a good bot and, and yeah. it is just it is just time and resources and mm-hmm. uh, i just posted a video and i will post it uh, on the chat okay. as well uh, artos is played a f- uh, against a few bots uh, earlier mm-hmm. this year in april mm-hmm. uh Spoiler alert, uh, he won all the games, but uh, McCrave, McCrave did uh, give give him a run for his money. It was a 36-minute game, and uh, uh, in the first 15 minutes, it was really, really close. Then then Arthur is gradually outplayed the bot, uh, but then again, he's an A slash S rank player, depending on the time of the year. Uh, also, uh, actually, uh, there was two other show matches. Uh, one of uh, one was Cadenzi, if you know her. Uh, she is also uh, sometimes S rank player. I think she is currently at A rank, but I really don't know. Uh, it was three two uh, for for uh, in her favor versus Locutus, one of the best bots. And recently, Master Ray, who is an A rank A rank Protoss, played the uh, best of five against. Uh, uh, Stardust, which is from the same author uh, as Locutus, and he actually play, uh, he actually lost two to three. So it is, it is uh, the, the bots are definitely getting better. No yeah, way. I mean, if, pro level, if they are but... still, if they are still allowed to optimize the mining, then there is like this is a big advantage. Like they don't need to be as good as humans, basically, because if they organize the mining and just get plus ten percent or plus fifteen or something, then there's like big, you know. Uh, how is it called? Big Click. horse multiplier. Yes. So you don't need to be as and and for example with this, I don't I don't really know how to approach it because 
to be on, to be honest like if once once uh, they would start play with humans and we would want to see how strong they actually are it's not really interesting to see okay they they mine faster so whatever this is not the interesting part again so maybe at some time we would just not allow the mine optimization or something to see how how can I actually play or you know I I because I obviously I watched the Starcraft 2 was it documentary or something about the Starcraft uh, AI, Starcraft 2 AI and basically they were limiting more and more the board like how how much APM it can have how much pres precisely it can click how much how quick can it how quickly can it react etc because again the interesting part is to make boss that can have that making good decision good micro etc and not just uh, some machine that quickly and precisely uh, clicks so the question is like if if it's bot against bots it doesn't really matter because all of them can do it but if it's bot against human question is whether the limitations shouldn't be there uh, we had this discussion uh, many times. Uh, it is mm -hmm. my stance that uh, we should start putting uh, limitations in place when, when the best bots reliably be beat the best players, which which is very, very far away. Uh, we yeah, okay. That, we are nowhere that. Okay. Okay. Because then it's also more fun to play, obviously. Like if I, if I have to outsmart the board to win, it's more fun than if I just know that he is basically cheating money. Yeah, and uh, the bots yeah. are, are obviously not allowed to cheat. They, they. Yeah, I, I know that not cheating, but I'm talking about the plus ten percent mining. Oh yeah, it's almost like cheating basically because it's trivial, and this is one of the first thing I programmed in the API when I was playing with it. So trivial, and it's uh, many authors start with that actually and rediscover <laughs> this. Yeah, and you can you can't do it uh, as a human when you play. I mean, maybe I don't know actually if pros try to optimize it a little bit but i think like whenever it's not super early game you can't do anything about it about the mining okay anyway so uh now your your next question or something what do you want uh, okay to uh i i have one last question it's a little bit of a sensitive one and just feel free to not, mm -hmm. not answer it first of all uh, did you have mm -hmm. any any official response response from blizzard and because you mentioned that this is kind of sort of a hack of the game uh, and uh, did did someone said that oh you shouldn't do this no Blizzard no. never said anything ah, that's that's but actually Starcraft was, was kind of old already at the time so I don't think that they really cared that much and and uh, generally like Blizzard is not I don't I don't want to get too controversial but I would say that Blizzard is not the game it the company it was because I'm also, uh, I played start, I played uh, World of Warcraft Classic, which is like a year ago when it came out, and now I'm not playing anymore. I played like three months, and now I'm just uh, following the Reddit and uh, following what's going on, and it feels that Blizzard is really not the company that it was. Like it, it's 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 half it's uh, owned also by Tencent, basically indirectly. Uh, at least like partially and uh, they are much more uh, business company or the game company trying to like they are not really thinking long term they are trying to optimize uh, the income in the short term I would say and this means that I, they don't really care about stuff and it's not there's not really big money in it for them this is how I feel about the company these days so 
and it, I mean, this is how it's now. And I think like some, some, some of it was already there a few years back. So this would mean that they don't really care about if someone is doing something with original StarCraft, etc. And especially like, especially when we didn't, it's kind of a hack, but we also didn't. Uh, you you know, didn't, didn't actually use it to, to hack anything, yeah. We didn't. Yeah, I I just played few games on Battle.net, That was it. And then and then, uh, since that we made we tried to make sure that it's not that easy for anyone who doesn't know how to program good enough to use it without being discovered. And uh, also, like we didn't provide any. Like you had to own the StarCraft to use it. And again, it's like super old game for them. StarCraft Two was already uh, there when it started to be popular. I don't think they really cared. That's my that's my that's my impression. But I yeah, they didn't never contact me or anything. I think just the site probably wouldn't be there if they didn't like it. The project wouldn't be wouldn't be existing if they did if they didn't like it, I guess. Uh yeah, that's that's um Or that's... it would have to be on the dark web or something. <laughs> yeah. Illegally slinging bots on the dark yeah. web. Uh, anyway, uh, this is all that I had about StarCraft. Uh, I mm. I will, of course, uh, just read the audience questions in the chat if there any, anything yeah. pops up. But uh, my other question is, uh, what other games have influenced uh, you uh, you uh, in your career and ultimately Factorio? And I'm going to guess one, and, and please say if I'm right, I'm, uh, I'm going to say that Fallout 1 and 2 had an influence on <laughs> Obviously, it's one of my favorite games, Fallout One and Two. I it's, know it. I it's classic. Know it. It's a great game. Yeah, it's like I I remember I I never played Fallout Three, but then I I played Fallout Four a few years ago, and I was like, I was it's it's not Fallout game. It's a completely different game. I was so absolutely the same feeling. It's what, yeah, what the hell is I mean, this? Because basically, it's it's the same with it's happening with other other games as well. But basically. Fallout 1 and 2 had many things that were important for the game and they either didn't understand it or they kind of decided that to make the game more mainstream they need to make it different. I don't know actually what is true but uh, that probably doesn't really matter at this point. But I, I guess that like like money-wise it's obvious that Fallout 4 and I don't know how what what is the actually like business result of Fallout Four, Four, and it's quite possible that it's much much doing my much better than Fallout One and Two. But also like it's hard to compare these times and uh, the old the old games times and these and the current times. But yeah, it's like Fallout. Basically, uh, Fallout One and Two is one of the games where uh, that will actually like, because I have some idea about the game in my head for almost two years now that I'm thinking a lot about and Fallout, some some parts from Fallout are a big uh, inspiration actually. Because, yeah, uh, I, I, I just had this hunch and, and uh, uh, obviously the art style very much is reminiscent of Fallout. Uh, the yeah. first two games, That's that can be denied. But I think, I think the art style generally, like uh, when you think about it, it's, uh, it's uh, how the the art style is uh, how to specify it? It's a uh, implication of the technique how you make it, because uh, and, and the same with StarCraft. For example, StarCraft is two D graphics, 
by they used at least for something they used 3d models to actually render it like for example you have the turret that's rotating and it's all 2d sprites but it was obviously rendered from a 3d model when they were pr producing it and uh, the same we do in with factorio so uh, the and it kind of this kind of technique it has some implications that uh, make make it like obviously there are some other things that affect the art style but this actually affects it a lot this this technique so fallout did the same i think they also it also looks like like basically some in-house render uh, of 3d objects and baldur's gate which is basically that was my new n next guess actually i would I, i'm i'm saying it everywhere everywhere every time when i like baldur's gate one and two is the best game best Absolutely. rpg that was ever made Absolutely, and it was I streamed never. It. I streamed it recently. It was like and... no one, no one made a better RPG ever, and, I, and this is basically the reason, the main reason why I played. I played, for, I played some new games just to not be like uh, you know like this guy that never plays new games and he just likes the old games. I played uh, the Fallout Four. I played uh, Witcher Three, and I, I recent recently I played Horizon Zero Dawn, which is actually best but oh, and i play kingdom Kham also but horizon zero dawn is the best out of this by a far margin okay it's still uh, one other one other before you before you say it but uh did you play heroes of might and magic 3 you you must have. obviously obviously okay it's... i know i know that too i think uh, we uh, we had to uh, have to be around the same age and uh, maybe yes. it's, it's the same inspirations was, but especially i i'm kind of surprised because heroes of might and magic is special because it was very popular in, I think, Czech and Slovakian Republic, and also maybe in Hungarian. It's and the whole Eastern Bloc, and I, I think, uh, like people in Russia still play it competitively. Uh, it is, it is very much an Eastern Bloc game. I don't can't explain it, but uh, yeah, there is something uh, somewhere Some, on, on Anatoly yes. in a in a blockhouse bedroom. It was almost it. like it was not not popular in the USA. I think not not that much, for sure. But in Czech Republic, everyone my age knows it. Like every, like I remember, like we when we went to school, we we for example did something, or we just after school we went home and we played hot seat, so many times. It was like we, it was a really popular game. It's another another game that was done really like many things were done really great in this game. And what I what I wanted to say about I want to just uh, close the Fallout One and Two thing is that that I'm trying to play new games. One of the reasons is that I can I can say that Baldur's Gate was... I'm basically searching for something that would be better or that would be at least comparable or something. And sometimes I find decent games, but uh, still, I don't get it why people can't like make some... Like, I, I, I never... feel the same way. It's it's like maybe it's just uh, compounded by the nostalgia factor, but, uh, but that's I, what I thought. Sometime, but I replayed I played... it. It's not just nostalgia. Maybe I don't know. I played Baldur's Gate recently when they made the they made the new expansion. The beam how are they called Beamdocs? Yeah, they, they made the new edition. yeah, which which was hated a lot because of some controversy. Which was this is almost political, but not really. It was really funny because I I was reading uh, critics of the game of the expansion. They made uh, the between one, Baldur's Gate and one and two. They made this expansion uh, and Siege people hated Dragon it a lot Spear, yeah. because. Because they were because they were saying this is some social justice propaganda, etc. And it was like, oh no, it's just another propaganda. But then I actually played it, and it was really funny because all the hatred, all the like, 
was because there was like out of these hundreds of uh, uh, conversations, everything, there was one character that said one sentence and the one sentence was, I used to be a woman. And it was it. It was all the stuff. And everyone was, and I didn't even like encounter this sentence because I just, I don't know, for some reason, I just didn't notice the sentence. I was like, what's going on? I never, I never found all this controversial stuff here. I just, I actually enjoyed it. So it's, it's really funny how, how this, uh, like, uh, controversial topic. Yeah, of, like, it is my to, impression that like, like it's like the people are crazy on both sides. This is the crazy thing. Like the people that want to have everything, uh, uh, you know, it is every... my impression that the game was just not good. It was was not the Baldur's Gate. It uh, actually all the enhanced uh, edition content was a very 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 soft bar, and then the the creators jumped on this political bandwagon and and said, "Oh, you hate our game because of some issue." Yeah, no, no I... we don't like your game because it's not a good game. Uh, yeah, that, I mean that's my two cents. May, on this. Maybe I had like my expectations were really low because I was basically replaying Baldur's Gate with some big mod pack, so I just included this as well. And I expected it to be really bad, and in the end, it wasn't that bad. That's my, that's my. But generally, okay. But generally, I. The problem is that when I play games, it happens to me all the time that I just play the game and I think, this has such a great potential. Why do? And the same with movies, obviously. Like, why do, why do they fuck it up? Like, why can't they do it properly? Why can't they con like focus on the interesting parts in this game, and just cut out the stupid parts? And this would be a great game, but. It happens so much that they just don't do it. I don't, I don't understand it. I, I'm baffled by it. I, I don't know what's going on. But in all these games, like Witcher 3, for example, it could be a great game, but in the end, it's just... I follow quest givers. I just go from quest giver to quest giver, and I'm, I feel like I'm just on rails almost. Obviously, I can roam the world or whatever, but when I when I do things that matters, it just feels super... Like, I watch a scene. I watch a like movie, basically, and then... I go and he told me go to A. I go to A. I watch some two minutes of movie. I go to C, etc. It's like it just doesn't feel like a game, and it's it's happening more and more with the new games. So I'm super like excited when I find some. And and this is why actually I, I got into games. This is one of the reasons. Like uh, when you don't like something and when you feel that people are doing shitty job, then you either just complain the rest of your life and be this shitty guy who complains or just you know put your money where your mouth is and you try to to do something about it this is one of the reasons why i actually wanted to do factorio because uh, i felt that there's for example with with uh, factorio the motivation was that i obviously i play minecraft and there were some super interesting mods for Minecraft. Uh, there still are a lot of interesting mods. Like this, I think the, one of the main reasons why Minecraft is so popular is that there's, there, it was done in Java, so it was easy to hack and mod. And there are so many interesting mods. And I played the mod industrial craft and some other. And it was super interesting. I was again, I had again this feeling like this has huge potential. This is really fun. But why didn't they focus on the potential and just... Sorry to interrupt it? you, but mm -hmm. uh, Ad Adam Heidenman just joined us. Um, oh. So, um, oh, I... hello, Adam. Hey, I just woke up. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hello. Hello, Adam. So what this is... What is the time in... in... You, are, you are in the US, I guess. I'm in uh, PST. It's 1 p.m. Okay. 
1 p.m. It's good time to woke up. Actually, I woke up 1 p.m. today as well. So I have. So I we o- we have the OG Brutor uh, API gang here. So uh, welcome. Actually, uh, I I think that we never talked with Adam personally, like on the microphone, right? Oh my God! Nope. Reunion party. <laughs> so hello. <laughs> so now we can you can hear my broken English. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry for my accent. I really hate to hear my English accent, but so I, I really try to avoid talking publicly in English because my accent is horrible. But this is really, really don't rare... uh, don't worry about it. I think uh, I, I yeah. obviously have have a accent. Too. So just saying. So back to the uh, gaming and, mm-hmm. and the impressions. I I really really love that you had the same same impression uh, same impressed by the same games and had the, the same experiences because I, I I swear I could tell the imprint of those games on, on Factorio. And yeah, definitely. I, Factor- and I was right. And I was yeah, basically, right. Factorio is a Frankenstein of my favorite games, which is, which is, I would say, first of all, like the industrial mods of Minecraft. Then there is this, uh, some part of StarCraft. Then there is Transport Tycoon, obviously. Oh yeah. and that, and that fucking damn it does spot type and also and, a, a big favorite of and mine. civilization basically this uh, Check. from from uh, the you know what I mean the, the game civilization and this this was the my very favorite part about civilization was the technology progress and how you kind of how the gameplay moves from like how, the way you play changes as you progress. And these four games are basically the main. Like I took these four games and just smashed them together and <laughs> made something out of it. And I was, I was actually, I was not sure if if it would be something fun or it wouldn't, if it wouldn't be too much. But I just wanted to put it all this together because each of these games is really great in what they do. But I feel like, for example, in Transport Tycoon, I really miss that I don't have to defend from anything. I don't know. It's really weird, but playing Starcraft all the time, this is what I felt. And in Civilization, for example, it was like, it's nice, but it's, you know, turn-based and it, uh, it's uh, simplified in some aspects. And in StarCraft, it's again, like, you have to do everything manually. So I wanted to, like, you know, put it, smash it all together. And, and I'm actually surprised that it kind of, kind of works. And, uh... Not just kind of, I think it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can safely say that it is a very successful game at this point, right? I would say so. Yeah, it's like how how many did we sell? Like two point three million or something copies, which is wow. like it's still like indie category. I would say, but it's uh, pretty good. It's I like think obviously that's, it's that's that's quite a quite a good of a good income, it's, and, it's, and I hope uh, hope it may, made you like a in lot, the, uh, like uh, in, the, in the beginning. Obviously, like the the, the thing with Factor away is that in the beginning it was supposed to be like just a hobby project, like something. I do for fun and then and then I started to do it in a way that okay we do it with two friends and it will be some super super niche game for people that want this exact thing and we were calculated that we need to send like we need to sell like 10,000 copies to get to get even but so obviously I would say that uh, the Covarex enrichment process had been has been very successful right <laughs> but you know now the, the process was that we always had like how much do we how many copies do we need to sell and how much work it will be but then we always like 
then we started to grow the game and then we started to grow how much like we need to earn etc because because then you know like when we were like 50 percent done then the rest rest of the 50 percent like rest of the plan expanded three times basically it, it was expanding the, the rest of the work was expanding faster than we were moving forward for several years so there was never like point where there was there were just some there were some critical points but uh, it Fe- took a long time until it's actually like the, the the work that's left started to get smaller this was really like basically for eight years i was just finishing the to-do list from the beginning it was really weird feature creep is so, very real yeah and and so so basically I, I i had this idea for this game we started working on it and uh with a friend it was really kind of hard time because i i quit my job because uh, yeah i wanted to do this not not the programming job i i was doing i was working in a in a company that was selling cars in czech republic just some kind of uh, you know this company software that's organizing the i don't know how to say it, like this company software for everything we were doing this and i was doing it for four years and i it wasn't that much enjoyable it was like basically work so i wanted and i i wanted to do games all my life so suddenly when i had this chance i i knew that okay so i don't have family yet uh, my girlfriend that i had just broke up broke up with me so I had no responsibilities, no one to care for, all the free time, and uh, and some money saved. So I was like, okay, if there is some time where I could actually try something and go, you know, like full, like how how to say, like you basically full do one, ahead. yeah, full steam or something, and do like one thing and try it, then it, this is the time. I was like, okay, if if because for example now if I if I tried it now and I have family and responsibilities three kids then i can't really risk that much because you just need to how's it like bring the food to the table this is how you say it so you can't you can't just uh and and at the time we just so we moved together like with my friend we, we moved together to one apartment to save as much as we could and we were living super super cheap so we can like survive as long as possible using our saved money and this allowed us to work like 16 hours a day, basically, or I don't know, maybe 14 hours a day, let's say. Uh, every day, were. seven days a week, just just, just to do, just to have something that works and it can be sold before our money runs out. So it was really, really stressful, really, really crazy. Because we, we saw these huge companies and, and with big budgets and big graphics. And my idea was, okay, so I, I, we will have a simple graphic graphics but for, yeah this is one of the another things like what i hated about game for example they made they made starcraft one and starcraft one you have limitation of 200 units basically i know that the limitation is mainly for balance purposes but let's say that one of the purposes why it was done this way was at that time was uh you know to to make it possible to handle uh all the battles etc on the computer and i was hoping okay if they make starcraft 2 they will make it they will make it possible to make much more units at the same time right so you can have much bigger battles and it could be much more cool but no instead of like uh, increasing the amount of units they just increase the detail of one unit and it's the same basically 
and this is happening with all the games. I, I don't really get it. Like I want I want a lot of things happening in my game because the hardware is now like immensely immensely stronger. But that's not what's going on. Like they are just making more and more detailed characters and and facial, you know, how's it called? Facial animations, etc. I don't care that much about it. I just want a lot of stuff happening in the game. So this is this is why we deliberately chosen uh, chose the 2D graphics and made it super simple. So the idea was maybe there are people enough of people that think the same. I don't really that they don't really care about the graphics that much. They just want a lot of things going on in the game. So this is why I felt like not really that inferior compared to the big companies because because you know this was my way of thinking i think it, and... is, it is amazing what you have accomplished uh without any embellishment it's it's uh i really like the design with, philosophy without behind. what uh uh without embellishment like uh, this is my what is it uh, what is it embellishment what does it mean uh like uh, not me, not making nice, but it is my honest opinion. I'm not just uh, no, but say... what is embellishment? I don't know what the word is. Uh, like, embellishment means that that uh, like making it prettier than it really is. It's it's like uh, oh. pretty words and and flowery uh, phrases and everything. So ah yeah, this is this is one of our like core. This is I would say it's core concept of my life to to do no bullshit and not try to make things look better than they are and it's a core concept like of the company as well of, of the way we do stuff and this is the reason why we have the second best rated game of, of on the steam it's not it's not i don't think that like objectively it's the best like if you if you took a random uh, thousand gamers and let play our game and let let them play random games our game wouldn't be that our game wouldn't be that high for sure because a lot of people just wouldn't enjoy it. But the reason why we are so high is that we are very, very straight when we are presenting the game. So it doesn't really happen that people that wouldn't like it uh, still buy it. And it's really important. Like uh, we don't have any like pre-made cinematics, etc. When you see the presentation of the game in the trailer, you actually see how the game looks. So if you don't like this, you know it before you buy the game. So you can't give negative review because of because you don't like the style or this kind of game what and... you see is what you get and also I, I it is my impression that you are a very direct person as well like yes it is it is good i actually prefer that to to uh dancing around so yeah so so basically uh with, with the graphics and so this is why all of our trailers were, were showing exactly what the game not we, we were not uh, we are trying to make really and this is one of the things we learned also that it's important to never over over promise this is like if you if you have the same product absolutely the same product but in one scenario you promise a little bit more and in other scenario promise a little bit less the people would be much 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 happier if you promise a little bit less even if you in the end they play exactly the same product because we know very well that happiness is reality minus expectations so you really need to put the expectations down as much as possible and then it works. So, I mean, not as much as possible because you still need to kind of, for example, in the game industry, you need to market the game. You need to show that it's good, but you still need to have like, you don't need to, you can't overdo it. Like, I don't actually, for example, I didn't play Cyberpunk yet. 
but a lot of people don't like it because their expectations are sky high. And if uh, they... yeah, I I spent the better part of the last week playing Cyberpunk, and uh, it's it's um, my impression is that uh, it, sh- it should should have uh, they should have waited a little a bit with it because it needed polish. It's an awesome game, but it's it's just not done. Uh, yeah, I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, remember, uh, remember No Man's Sky? Of course. Yes, I know the story. I, I saw the YouTube video about the story. I never played it, but the story is really uh, inspiring, to, I would say. I wanted to uh, get, the, get a know, question like in. The... Uh, sorry, uh, sorry for uh, interrupting, but you did ask me for it. <laughs> so <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, before I forget. Um, what is the exact part from StarCraft you would you say that that inspired or not inspired you? What is the exact part from StarCraft that that made it into Factorio as a concept or or a mechanic or anything? Well, basically the concept of of fight because like the 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 fight it's very it's non non central part of the game for sure. It's uh, it's uh, just something. How to say it? like the designer idea of how the whole fight mechanics work in Factorio is that it's just another thing you need to take into consideration. It's like another aspect of the game. So it's like if you don't if you play on the standard settings, it's basically trivial to survive and to kill the biters. Like you, it's really hard to actually lose to it. It's almost I don't know. Like it maybe I'm just used to the game. It feels almost impossible to lose on the default settings, but you still need to take it into consideration when doing the strategic decisions. It adds some, it's adding some depth because, for example, you need to conquer new ter- territories to mine other stuff. And it also depends, it obviously depends how efficiently you can do it. Like if you have better weapons, you can do it more efficiently. If you, for example, if uh, you have some kind of defensive perimeter and it takes you time, some, because factory basically the main resource in the game. Is your time like where how fast can you get to the very late game or how fast can you get to the mega base and you basically need to think about how you are spending your time so just the fact that when you already build a wall with turrets in the late game it means it's basically safe forever almost it's fine but you need to go there and build it and you need to think about how thick the wall should be and how much how many times will you go have to go back and repair it or something or if you automate it or how far do you make make the next perimeter when you are extending so you don't have to come back so it adds some kind of depth to the strategical thinking but how to it's get not, the damned it, it's not it's not magazines there <laughs> what how to get the damned firearm magazines there how yeah, to supply yeah. the turrets that's that's i always always built a bag of wall and ran out of magazines then i learned that <laughs> you always yeah you bring them by train obviously because we played we we had some i just, I just recently we had a land party when we played like death world which is the settings where you have many biters and and mainly you can change the settings like how much they attack based on pollution like how 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 many biters are sent per absorbed all pollution if you move it to to the left it means they attack a lot and you spend more and bigger and bigger part of your pro, uh, processing of you know, of your production on just ballots until you get to some higher tech and uh, this is where it obviously starts to be more interesting because if you already know what to how to play because you really need to get those for example uh flamethrowers in time or you just 
are not able to to survive. So uh, and that that final satisfying moment when when you unlock artillery and bomb, yes. bomb them into the fucking stone age. Yes, <laughs> it's it's kind of a late game way. Or or you make like uh, a spider trons and just send them. But the point is that in StarCraft they're like you all you also basically in on some very fundamental level you are doing the same kind of thinking like i i have a base i have expansion for example and i have to think okay so do i put i don't know another two cannons here to be safe from something or do i invest fully on i don't know something that i do some strategy so you need to kind of balance the threat versus versus like defensive versus offenses versus uh, investment let's say and and this kind of and this kind of aspect, I think, it's in the game from StarCraft. Awesome. And uh, I have a favorite Factorio video. We, we will discuss it after the cast. <laughs> and uh, yeah, uh, one thing I really wanted. Do you do you plan to add a, a turret wagon or something uh, that... We, <laughs> oh, you mean like, like we have artillery turret and it's not uh, yeah, artillery wagon like, is not uh, enough? Uh, no, because in the early game I want to go around with trains and shoot stuff. <laughs> okay, that was ah. that, that was I was considering yeah, well. as a mod. So mm-hmm. I really love the love and support that you give to the modders, and uh, as you said, mods keep a game alive, and and it is it is uh, really an approach that many gaming companies should take. Uh, that that you su- support your audience, you support your modding, and. Uh, showcase and feature them that's really well done yeah well, modding is one of the things that uh, basically uh, about modding i am uh, even v- before i started factorio i had uh, some experience with baldur's gate modding for example and uh, if you know baldur's gate maybe you might know that the modding scene modding scene isn't small there's a lot of stuff in baldur's gate modding I have and... played the entire saga about 20 times over, so <laughs> well, I, 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 I would say I do, uh, yeah. I, and, and I play with I, I Actually, at some time I even like made my own installer of mods because it became too crazy to... And then some other people made better installers, so I didn't have to do it anymore. But the, the problem with Baldur's Gate, like, Baldur's Gate modding was obvious, like you, you had to install them in some specific uh, way, a lot of things could get wrong. You very often you didn't know until you played it, and you could play it 50 hours and then figure out that something wrong is super annoying, and uh, and uh, you had to use the console a lot of to, to fix stuff, etc. And it's basically like painful experience. You really need to be a fan, or you need to have some prepared. You need to play something that's prepared very well that works together. And the similar experience I had in Minecraft. And I mean, it's much. I think the modding there is much better, but generally for example i remember that you know, mods had to like communicate on forums or somewhere like what kind of ids of blogs will they use for what kind of things so they don't overlap and they are uh, compatible with each other and i was thinking this is really really bad like if if they have to communicate outside the game to you know to uh, coordinate what kind of ids will they use uh, that's that's not the way how it should work so I remember that like this specific thing was motivation for me to to do to solve this to I have to say like to overcome the problems that I encountered by trying to mod these two games 
to make it properly. And the main, the, the first, uh, uh, so I kind of made some kind of, let's say, a basic uh, specification of what the most should do. And it should be in every, every game should follow the same uh, set. And it's first of all, you should be able to add or remove mod in the middle of the game always. Like it obviously the most can be written in a bad way that you can't do it, but generally it should be possible to add or remove mods like in the middle of the game. That's first first thing. And the second thing is that uh mods should be like mod A and B should be able to work like in the same game without them without them knowing about each other and without having to like communicate and make some you know what I mean, like uh, to make them compatible, basically. So, so, so the so we have the system of uh, IDs and names. So basically, every mod can like name their things, and then in like, when the game is being loaded, it assigns because obviously we can't use string names in the game for it for IDs of objects because it would be too slow and memory inefficient. We still need to use like integral IDs for everything, but when you start the game, basically the game assigns integral IDs automatically based on the mods you have, and then in the save game it already has like knows what kind of IDs are assigned, what kind of string IDs, and it's doing the magic. So in the end, you are still playing with integral IDs, but the mods don't have to, you know, deal with that. So, and I think that's actually like it actually is the reason why it works so well because now uh, the only problem that most can have is they like assign the same string literal to their objects but it's easily avoidable like mod can have some kind of prefix for their objects or just you know this is uh, the chance of this happening is much lower so uh, smaller so and then obviously multiplayer that's another part like uh and generally, like the storage of mods, that's another part that games don't really do well that often. Like, for example, if you find if you want to find mods for Minecraft or Baldur's Gate, there are these fun sites, and there are several of them, and it's like it's not easy. And we just made our own official site and integrated it into the game. So, so for example, when you when every save kind of knows which mods are active in the save, or when you want to join multiplayer game, you can just you know click one button, download the missing mods install them and just join the game this is something that's uh, not i don't know maybe that it changed in the eight last eight years uh, in the game like scene generally but i feel that this is something that wasn't that common at the time when we were doing it and it also helps helped a lot like so users so the general idea is that users can use mods without being without having to be programmers and having to have to debug some stupid errors I think this uh, this helped us a lot. Like we have like five thousand mods now or something. I and oh, I, wow. I that that is a really impressive number. Mods when I go to modsfactor.com, I don't even and I do search and uh, like what is what is the design what was the design process behind Factorio? Like how do how did you uh, how did you come up with uh, like okay uh, we sh should have these resources and the uh, this stuff uh, and I don't know uh, what is the design process how do you uh, build uh, something the, like Factorio? The, the, the design process is kind of simple and it's we made something simple like we made the in the beginning we made the absolute very core of the game it's like 
which which is obvious like you don't have to be designer to to find it out figure it out like you mine, mine something you move it and you process it like it's the most obvious thing and then like so once we got the very basic loop then we started to play the game and that's and and we didn't have a plan there's, there's i think and to be honest i think this is the best don't have a plan this is like when you are playing chess or when you are playing starcraft actually when you when you are playing starcraft and you start playing you shouldn't have a plan you should you should just look what your opponent is doing i mean you can have a plan like if you un, un, until something I, I discover something i can have plan but then i need to adjust my plan and this is same with uh, game development it's absolutely the same we we just because you you can't have a plan because it's too complicated uh, to know what's going to be good because the game games are generally complex and uh, it's especially when it comes to uh, when you take fun into the equation fun is super abstract like what is fun it's hard to hard to tell uh like uh, how to plan fun so, so in the meantime I, so I so mean... you make so make some so the point is you make some very basic prototype which we made and we started to play the game and we kind of had fun with some parts of the game and some parts of the games were super annoying and some parts of the games were fun but not like uh developed enough so we removed the annoying parts and we developed the and once you start playing you don't really have to think about it much it's usually obvious what's fun for you and then you just extend the fun part and then you make another version and then we make version zero two and then we're like okay we need research because that's obvious you need to unlock things so we had the research and then we played more and we were like this is really annoying to repair the walls again and again and again so we need some automated ways to repair so we make i don't know repair robots it just makes sense and step by step we just always edit the more like we basically before every release we played and we discovered what we missed the most and what's most annoying and and then we just edited it and this is i this is this is it i don't feel that there's anything like anything hard i think people just games should do it more because because if you i don't know if you do Witcher 3 for example they don't work they they basically it's kind different kind of game also i would say but they can't work this game this this way because they they have a big investor they need to have uh, some plan they need to have deadlines and they need they need to uh do it in time and and then sell it so they can't they can't this is my feeling that they can't improvise that much and that means that then they can't they, they need to plan the fun ahead which is harder or they need to just follow the you know the, the known path they they know that if you make some basic RPG and you make this 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 and this, people will generally like it. But you will never make anything really great this way because because uh, you don't you need to react of uh, to the game as it is. So um, so this is I don't know. And usually like for example with the balancing etc. It's kind of very simple. Like if something was too cheap, we just made it two times more expensive. If something was too expensive, we made it two times cheaper. And that was enough for like the precision of this kind of process was usually enough. And uh, we tried to make some of the recipes to uh, avoid some too simplistic solutions. Like for example, I don't know, the electric circuits, they have like, how's it like you have two wires from one a copper copper plate and then we need three wires for one circuit so it's obvious that these numbers 
don't match so easily. So we need to uh, basically the more uneven the numbers in the recipes are, the more you are motivated to make like specialized lines for each product. Which we <laughs> and, try to and the big uh, spaghetti base. Yes, which we try to force because, for example. Uh, I don't want to say, like, I played Satisfactory, obviously, and some one of the things I didn't like about this game is that they don't do this as we do with the recipes. The, the recipes are much more streamlined, which means, like, I know that this iron, uh, for example, belt would go specifically to this uh, production and over else. So I just you just connect things one to another and just uh, you just make a... Um, I, I wanted think... to bring that up. Actually, I, I was a little bit worried that it will be a sensitive topic because it is it is kind of your competitor, that game. And uh, my impression was uh, I played Satisfactory 2. It's not a bad mm-hmm. game, but I consider it a little bit subpar to Factorio because one simple reason, if you join a friend's game, you don't know what the fuck is going on. It's you. You have to have to spend an hour to explore the base. With Factorio, yeah. you join a game, take a look and kind of figure it out like well that, that was yeah this was one of the design like rules where we tried uh, we were like okay if, if the game is already 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 2d let's take the most what we can take from it and the rule was the factor needs to be understandable by just looking at it obviously you can get more info by opening machines for example with combinators you can't do that because it's just we couldn't figure out how to do this but yeah, you should be able to understand the factory by just looking at it. And many decisions were affected by this. And like many times, like the some people or graphic departments, they wanted to make a changes that would be against this rule. But I tried to defend it as much as possible. And I think that it actually like this is this this space of that you can actually like people post picture on Reddit of some factory or some setup and you just look at it and you understand, okay, so this is a good setup. I understand it. And it has some, it has some rules. It has some. Uh, I really love the, yeah. the blueprint system that. Yeah. You and, and blueprints, especially like what, what I, 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 uh, just, uh, you, you said it's, if satisfactory is like sensitive or something, it's not sensitive at all. It's like, for first of all, when satisfactory was, Created, I think we met with the creators. Actually, we went on the they were uh, they were in Prague on some conference or something. So we had a big lunch together and talked about stuff. So they are cool guys, I would say. And my general idea, my general feeling is that the more the more kind of big games we attract to this genre, the better for everyone in this genre. Uh, I don't think that's satisfactory would kind of steal our customers or anything. It doesn't work like that in, at least in the game industry, I would say. Like, uh, it's like, uh, you know, look at McDonald's and how uh, is KFC when McDonald's makes uh, some uh, store at some corner and KFC goes uh, to the same well, place. Because, uh... because if people already go to buy food, <coughs> they... I guess yeah, you're right, uh, and I didn't really consider that the factory is, is a one-time purchase. You don't don't uh, you're not a subscriber. Yeah, exactly. And usually, if people really like this kind of game, they will buy both anyway. Yeah. And or and and the point is that if, for example, if Satisfactory is, I don't actually know how successful they are, but if they are super, if they are super successful, or there comes some other game that's uh, like this that are, is even like more successful, it's it's just best great news for us because it means it will eventually bring people to us as well. 
because uh, for example usually the games that would that would come like satisfactory i would say that it's less complex than factorio and more like uh nice more like uh you know graphical nice graphically nice or how to say it like uh, more and the point is that if people play satisfactory and satisfactory and think okay so i'm finished with this so and i liked it what where should i go what should i play and people are, no we should play factorio because it's like similar it can be a gateway so drug, it, right? it, it it really brings the people like it's it's a synergy it's nothing else than synergy so there's nothing there's no bad feelings at all it's it, and actually in a way it's it's uh i would say that when people start to make like games that are uh inspired by your game it's it's a great feeling it means that you know you make some you made something worth uh, I can uh, I can say that uh, Factorio is 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 a is a genre you know, on its own. It's uh, like um, not, mm, there were management games before that, and mm-hmm. there there are uh, one one uh, very good example. And I don't know if if it was an inspiration, but uh, did you mm-hmm. play played War Fortress? No, I never played it. Uh, I, it is sh- it is kind of mm-hmm. similar, but not really. But yeah, Factorio is, is a genre of its own. I, I should, no I should, one can take that away. I, I got like this game got recommended to me many, many times, and I'm a little bit afraid to play the game because it looks too complicated for me. But maybe I will. I should definitely play it one day. But I, I can honestly say that I never played it. So there are some similarities that's that's completely by a chance. And there is an audience question I, I've been uh, mm-hmm. trying to sneak in. Okay. Is, uh, how did you build your initial audience for the game? And how di- di- uh, did you find testers and get feedback on Factorio yes, in its earlier stages? That was the first, that was, first of all, I would say this was really hard. In the beginning, obviously, like everything is hard in the beginning. That's, that's like when you are small, uh, basically, we, we no one. And, we were small, the game was looking super basic and it was already, it was kind of already fun, but you had to get through and you had to like, uh, you know, invest the time into playing to understand that it's fun. But otherwise you would just think, oh, so another some weird looking game, whatever. And so we had no, like, we were no ones. We had no like projects behind us. We, we had a game that looked weird and no one really knew about it. And we started uh, basically the whole this whole process of where we were getting people. It was compressed kind of in one specific month of our life. That was the most, uh, I would say, the hardest, not hardest, but the most uh, uh, excited month of my life, I would say, or like most hectic life of my life. That's the word. And it was when we started in the Google campaign. Basically, we worked for a year or something. And then the money was starting to go away. We started, uh, you know, we, we didn't have that much time anymore. So we were in a point like, okay, so now we need a reality check. Now we need to decide, is it something that we just enjoy work? Because we enjoyed it a lot. Like we, we, you know, we were programming it all day and playing with it. And it was super fun for us. But we are very, very well aware that when you are working on something, you don't really look at it objectively. So we needed a reality check and to know if it's actually just, you know, fun for us or if it's actually something that could be viable used, like, uh, to to be sold. So in other words, if we can just continue doing it or we need to get a job and do this as a hobby project. And 
so we decided that we will do Indiegogo campaign, which means it's like a Kickstarter, basically just European version of Kickstarter. I guess I don't have to explain Kickstarter, right? Not and, really. Yeah. And uh, the, we made like, at that point, we, I, the goal was, I think, 17,000 euro, which was not that little for how little we were and how we were unknown. But the, And we also made a campaign in a way like you can say that either we get at least 17,000 or we get nothing. Because if we got like 5,000 euro, what would like our our point was like either we get enough to finish it, at least or finish it from what at the time what we thought means to finish it, or we just you know get a job and uh, get out of that hellhole, which it was super fun, but it was a little bit of hellhole as hell, working 14 hours a day or something that you don't even know if it's going to be useful or fun or anything and your money running out and be stressed every day. It's, it was really hard. So the idea of, you know, getting out of it and just getting a normal job wasn't that bad, actually, at that time. It was something that we were looking forward to. We needed some way out of this state. So we made this goal in, in a way that either we get enough or we uh, get away. If we got like half, if we just got like 5,000 euro, or two thousand euro. What would what would we do with that? Like we would have some responsibility, but not enough to continue fully. It would be it would be the worst to be in the middle. How so big? To... Uh, sorry to interrupt, but how big was the team back then, and how big is it? If now? We were just basically we were me and my friend, my friend Thomas. Basically, we were like fifty fifty, and and then also we paid Albert, which is like graph graphic graphician guy that joined us. And that's it, basically. So like three people, basically. And and now? And now we are like twenty, I think. I mean, we we could be much bigger, but that's another that's another story. But what I wanted to say that basically in this time in the Google campaign, we thought this is I'm basically answering to the original questions just a little bit, you know, in in my in my way of answering questions uh, that we thought that we will make an Indiegogo campaign and the, the site that's that's uh, hosting the campaign, like let's say the Kickstarter that we put it there and people will just explore it there and they will give us money because it's a game, you know, people love games, so they will, they will help us. But then we put it there and nothing happened. And just we got like, I don't know, like a few hundred euros from basically from our friends that were just feeling sorry for us. And that was it. That was it. And then nothing was happening for two weeks, and we were surprised by a little bit surprised by that. And we asked some. I remember, and we 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 found so we found some other uh, games similar to our size, or they had sim that had successful campaigns similar to our campaign size, and emailed them and asked them like, "What did you do? How did you manage to to succeed? Because we are doing really bad." <laughs> And they all told us, oh, well, we were just, uh, you know, accumulating people, accumulating community for like a year. And then we made a campaign. And we were like, oh, so this is how it works. And we, and we suddenly had only two weeks left on our timer and no people knowing about the game. So did, so what we started to do is that we found, actually, we started to do it at the start of the campaign. We found a lot of forums about games. And we like introduced ourselves, like oh, we we are doing this game and talked about the game, and 
and uh, try to you know like like uh, talk about the game on the forums and in like half of them we were banned banned immediately because we were self-promoting our product which is generally spamming and on some of them people talked about it a little bit but not really not that much and what i remember that one of our friends that was helping us he was doing, we were doing this kind of trick that uh there was this topic about factor in one of the bigger forums and always like he waited like half a day and then he asked a question and so the topic gets gets uh to the top and then we waited half a half a day and answered the question and then we like basically he, he asked like can you do this and this in the game and then we answered yes it can do it blah 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 and then he asked you know basically he helped us to to keep it, the topics to be to be on the top and actually helped us also by un- giving the good questions to pr- so the game looks good well uh, the end uh, end uh, justifies the means in this case yeah i mean yes but uh so the point is, but still we were not doing good, really that good. And there's one specific thing that saved us in this, in this moment and that, that actually helped us to get people and uh, saved everything. One magical thing. And the magical thing is that we gave up. This is really weird, but it saved us. Basically, at, when we had like two weeks left, we were like, it was obvious that nothing was going to save us. It's, this is not going to work. So we stated everywhere that okay we are going to find jobs uh we this campaign is not going to work and whoever like whoever wants the game just emails us because uh, when we were doing the campaign uh it had a we had like a when you i think put like 10 dollars in the campaign you get the game for it and and we told every every on all the channels we told that we, we will give the game for free to anyone who asks for it because whatever it will fail anyway so if you want to just try it out we don't really then be our guest and actually like actually we both found found a job in like you know in a few days because we are programmers it's really easy to find jobs and we decided that we will just end this gracefully and in the when we were applying for the job we told the people that yeah we we have this project that will fail and 99 it will fail and in the one person we will not come to the job and the point was that we would have two or three weeks of vacation before we actually start working in the job. And the, the, the two or three weeks was the rest of the campaign. And this is this actually saved us because suddenly we were giving the game for free. I know how the, you know how the world works when you give something for free. A lot of lots of the people that wouldn't care and wouldn't invest ten dollars in some random campaign suddenly like got they got slightly interested and we started getting emails. Like few of them in the beginning. And we just we were just giving the game to everyone, and suddenly people, other people than me and my friend, started to talk on the forums about the game because suddenly they started to play it and they discovered it's not that bad actually. There's some fun in it, and they started like showing their their small factories and setups and you know more and and, and suddenly start to be alive. And mo- every day more and more people started to you know email us about the game, and suddenly after like few days. We discovered that from morning to evening we are doing nothing else than just answering emails, and we were like, "Oh, something is happening here! Like, what's going on?" So, at that point, we we felt that we had we had hope. So, in the last, I think, in the last uh, ten days before the end of the campaign or something, we basically 
change. We, we said that we are changing our mind and we are not giving it for free anymore. And if you actually want it, you need to, uh, like, you know, we need to put money into the campaign again. This is the only way to get it. But there were enough of people talking about it. So enough of people wanted it. And the, in the end, we were getting like $1,000 uh, or 1000 euro per day in the end of the campaign because suddenly it got traction. It got like suddenly people started talking about it. It was obviously like small scale, but it worked. Worked enough for us. And we got like more than 20, I think 22,000 euro in the end. And we felt like kings of the world, obviously, because 1,000 euro a day, it felt like, you know, infinite money. And, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, this, this is just awesome i i love that love this story and lo love that i got to <laughs> i hope hope uh, you didn't tell this story so, so, so yeah so this so basically the answer is uh that we in the beginning we got we we gave the game for free and the game was actually fun that was that was the way what that it worked for us and generally obviously like if you have a game and the game is fun, then you want as many people in the beginning. You don't really, there's, there's like millions of players. If you give, if you give 100,000 copies uh, somewhere for free in the beginning and, and people actually get it, it's, it's great for you. Just don't, don't be afraid to give the copies for free because people will just try it. And if it's actually fun, then it's great. Obviously, it's, if you are, if the game has just you know just looks great but it's not actually fun and this won't work but but uh, yeah so so this is this is the part of the story where we felt that we thought that we are good forever with money which is funny because it was far far from truth because obviously the campaign ain't ended we started selling the game and you know all the excitement for the campaign and everything it kind of died out very quickly like in few days and for the next several months we were selling close to zero like few maybe like few copies like two three copies a day or maybe even less uh so we were we weren't like <laughs> soft we 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 weren't we didn't have enough of money for good but it Obviously, like it was very, very, very different at this point already. Like our motivation to work and everything was very different because even if the game wasn't selling at that point, we knew that some people actually can enjoy it, and some people were like posting pictures about it with excitement, talking about how they build their factor, etc. So we knew it's fun. We knew it works for other people and for us, and we knew that even if we are not selling now, it doesn't really matter because. It's not. It's not just in our head. It's. It actually makes sense. So this reality check was like very, very important for for us to to have the will to continue. Actually, this so, is a, this is an awesome success story. I really thank <laughs> thank you for sharing. It's it's truly inspiring. I, for me, it's yeah, For me, it's like very very strong. I have very strong emotions con like related to this to this part of my life. It's really. I have to. I'm all. I, I'm now. I'm trembling actually, and not because I'm speaking with you. I'm trembling because the emotions come back to, to me. And I. I it was. It was that my. I was trembling for for three weeks, because there was so much adrenaline. I was like sleeping two two days, uh, two hours a day for two weeks almost because it was so much adrenaline. It was crazy because if you are working on it every day for fourteen hours and suddenly you see actually people playing, 
play it and that it's that they have fun it's really it's, it's something special it really is it it uh, you are uh you are spot on about that and um and obviously, obviously like if in the future if we make some like other game or something different then uh we will never we can never like repeat uh, the drive we had that because if now if i decide to make another game it's it's not all or nothing now it's like i have some you know we have some money stability and we can we can afford to lose some money basically so the drive will never be that big as it was at the time because also it was the first time etc but on the other hand i think in the in like uh, if i hope that we learn something on the way so it should be that there's a little bit less drive for sure but there's more experience and there should be people already and there should be more money to buy more like more resources from the start so i think ideally this should like more than even out the you know the change of this but i this is like my general feeling that the the, the small companies the small startups their main advantage is that they have this huge drive and they are super efficient because there are just few people that are very good usually and it means and when you compare it with the big companies that they spend so so huge amount of money and time on user stuff and uh on uh, you know being not efficient because they are big then uh, i wouldn't be afraid to just start new companies and try to uh try to make a competition in in any big field i think because it's just it's just uh, the the advantage like the the small companies doesn't and very often doesn't understand how big advantage is to be small because if i imagine that i would uh, this is what i'm getting to the uh, question that we have 20 people now and we could afford to have more and i think we should have a little bit more but not that much but having let's say we would have 50 people suddenly i we the we would have to put we would be more less efficient we would have to put more into we would have some kind of managers and suddenly it would start to be very different and the drive would be different so it's really like hard to move from this part from this like stage of 20 people which is like 20 25 is the biggest you can manage without some structure and uh, this is where you need to like a lot of companies for them it's really hard and they very often like made mistakes and and uh, almost died on this transition from, from 25 to 50 100 etc this is why i'm afraid of it just answer of your another question and uh, the thing is that that no one tells you how how to proceed at any stage it's like <laughs> uh, I, I encounter i don't claim to have the uh, amount of experience that you had i uh, i'm obviously a little bit uh, uh how do i say it far far you are far more uh along the road that i'm in but uh yeah i i can i can definitely relate uh, to that definitely relate on on growing a community or or more in my case uh being a part of a growing community and and playing some part on it let's let's not let's not oversell myself here and uh, this is not about me anyway so yeah it is i wish you the best and and uh, i hope that 
I don't know how done you do you consider Factorio, but your next game will be as as awesome as it is. Uh, I I know that that is a that is a tall order, but yeah. Well, just just to I can give you some kind of info that is going to be public soon. So anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But we we actually plan. Basically, now we have Factorio version one dot one, which is like basically the real finished version because there are a lot of small things that we want that I, we and I wanted to finish. And now it's for me. It's they are like when I open the form, it's like they are like twenty five. 25 or something bugs left to be fixed, which is like usually small things and uh, some nitpicks. And then it means then we get to stable and factory is finished, which is super like big thing for me. It's like eight years of uh, being kind of in depth. I felt in being in depth all the time because we promised it to be finished and now we actually finish it and it's done. And uh the question is obviously what we do the next and uh there's another thing like i feel that companies that are not humble enough uh they have this problem of they have basically look at it this way like find uh, 100 companies that are not that big but they they made one hit let's say factory is like hit in like in the scale of our of what you do obviously it is and let's let's uh, find out how many of them did make another game that's completely different, not like just some extension or something. And it was like hit again. And it's almost never, basically. It happens very, very, very rarely. Like uh, I think, like for example, the Clay Studio, they made Don't Starve and then Oxygen not included. It's, it's, they really know what they are doing, I think. And uh, they are one of the ex- exceptions. Uh, but usually, to be to be fair, early Blizzard is a good example for that. Yeah, uh, obviously, like this is what I'm saying. Obviously, it's happening, but it's happening kind of rarely. So much more rarely. Like the point is that if you if you have success with something, well, the, we generally as people like tend to overestimate our like role in the success. Like how much was it skill? How much was it luck? How much was it some other aspects? And so very often it happens that they overestimate uh, their their role in the success, and they then they I don't know let's let's say they make fifty million dollars in their hit game, and then they invest forty five in some much more expensive next project, expecting that they just need to success because they need to succeed because they put even more money in it, and then it's shit, and then it doesn't you know no one no one likes it because it's just not good, and it's happening I think. This thing can happen very easily. Basically, and it gets over your head how great a game creator or whatever you create are. So we are basically we try to take this thing and really take it to our heart and uh, make sure that it doesn't happen to us. So our general plan is to uh, first of all some. I'd say bigger part of our resources should be invested into extending Factorio, which is, we never said it, like, I think maybe publicly, but it's kind of obvious almost that uh, we want to make some kind of extension of Factorio, which is uh, which is a safe bet, basically. Like, we there, there are lots of ideas of what, what we can do, and we can just, we just need, can pick the best ones and improve it generally and just sell some kind of 
expansion pack or something. That's that's uh, I think that's the safe safe way to go. But obviously, like on the other hand, we just can't no we can't we can but we shouldn't just do one thing forever. I don't want to do Factorio seven and seventy years or something. You know, I want to I want to do something new because there's the fun. like do new things because basically when. Eight years ago, Factorio was stepping out of my comfort zone, basically. Well, to be fair, and... you are on a podcast that is about a 22-year-old game, so then... <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that, but... That is... That you can't know. Uh, you, it is very possible that you you will do this uh, 10 years uh, from now and I will enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but the point is that uh, uh, now Factorio is my comfort zone, and I think, like... I feel that it's it's really good when you challenge your comfort zone if like from time to time because otherwise you just stop moving. So so I still like I want so I want to find some kind of middle point. I want to invest invest into Factorio and like extend it because I think it deserves it and it's like obvious way to go. But I also want to partially experiment and in a way that we can afford basically like in a way that if it fails it's fine. We we kind of expect it to fail, but uh, we try to make something like if you expect it to fail and make it, you can actually make something exciting, something new because you you can do some, you know, you can you can do crazy stuff. It so this might be a, a little bit of a crazy proposition, but uh, mm-hmm. have you considered uh, finding or someone who, uh, like you were eight years ago? Like uh, making your next game not necessarily a, the, uh, uh, a great idea you have, but someone else. Do you think that's that's something? What? what that... Wait a second, I didn't understand the question. Uh, like uh, imagine yourself eight years ago. You had this great idea for a game, but you didn't have uh, enough funding at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do, you, do you think it's possible that now that you you presumably have the resources? The, you will you will find someone who is just like that and make make that game. Yeah, it's. I was thinking about it. Obviously, uh, investing. Basically, you are talking about investments, right? Like investing um, in the game. It is project. just a wild thought, but yeah, let's let's say you invest in in someone yeah, else's idea. Obviously, uh, obviously, actually, I was even like approached by some investors that I I want to talk with them next year. That uh, like check. I think they are check like group of investors that are investing in project, and they basically no. I I think they were non-gaming investors and they wanted to invest into games and they had no idea what's going on so they wanted like me to join them and to maybe invest a little bit as well and have someone from the field that knows what's going on and i think that's like the point is that if you want to invest in like there are several aspects of this question one is uh like uh trying to be the good guy who like gives back to to the let's say gaming community what he got like i I, at some point, I feel that money is responsibility more than anything else. This uh, this is something I want to clear up. Like obviously, like first of all, I I want to support my family. I want to like be saved personally, to from having some financial problems. But any extra money, like what do you with the, what do you do with the money? The money is basically just responsibility because you need if you if you do something stupid with the money, you would feel bad about it. You 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 feel that you need to, the money should do some good, something meaningful at least in the world. So if you invest it in some shitty project and it makes no sense, and then the money is just spent, and then it's just 
it's it's set right so uh so it means that it should be spent meaningfully on the other hand it's also like not only responsibility but it's like it's some kind of a gift of the let's say of the world of some i don't know how to say it and in in some part you should give give it back and like finding someone who is in the same situation and just helping him it's all something that makes sense even not not only from like investors point of view obviously but on the other it hand, might it might very well well can make sense from that but but well. on the other hand it's uh it's really really complicated because when i i i'm thinking about these things a lot and like uh, sometimes you can even make things worse for people by giving them money uh, very often it no question happen. about that yeah and and uh, for example with game projects it's like the more money you have, or not the game projects only, like generally, like at least software projects, the more money you have, the longer it takes to do it. And and sometimes the best what can happen to the, uh, for example, with us, you know, like we, we had that, we had very, very limited time, very limited resources. So we had to really focus on the very, very core, like no bullshit, no, no nice graphics, no nice this, like just the core gameplay, the core thing that's fun. And the rest will come maybe later, maybe not. But if the fun part doesn't work, then whatever. I we can't we can't do anything extra. And that's really really good. Like if you have this is why why it's there's so big problems. If you have big studio with big money and they can just do whatever, and then they do big I don't know, uh, they put a big production to something, and they maybe forgot to to focus on the core because they don't have to. So. There this are many, really... many famous crash and burn stories yeah, in this, the gaming this industry. Is, this, is, this is a really like complicated subject. So, uh, and generally, like we, we obviously at that point we, we made we started to avoid investors because we I just wanted to own own it. I didn't want to have someone who have to like uh, answer to when when doing the game. I'm really, really happy that it worked this way, but obviously it's not always possible. So I would like, I would consider actually like investing, but it's really, it's really hard. It's basically time consuming because you have some, basically how I imagine it, what it happens that you have group of people, they have some very simple prototype. You have to meet them and we have to evaluate uh, if their idea is good, if they are actually technically able to do it. You need to like, it's really, really hard, like from many aspects to evaluate if it's like, has chance of success if it's a meaningful investment and obviously it's hard for me and it's 10 times harder for someone who is just some business owner and he doesn't know about games and game development so uh and with with us we, we had this problem that in the beginning when we actually needed a lot of money no one wanted to give us money obviously because also like we were no ones and when we actually started to be successful in a way that we could pay our rent and we, it's, it started to be obvious that it works in a way. Suddenly, we got a lot of uh, investment uh, offerings, basically. Like a lot, like I don't know, like tens, I would say, at least. Now, lots of different kind of emails about that. And because we, but at that point, we didn't need it anymore. So why would we, you know, why would we uh, sell our shares for that? So... That's a typical problem, and if if you if you need it, no one wants to give it give the money to you, and if you don't need it anymore, everyone wants to have part of your success. So then you need to find some investors that actually 
understand the topic and can invest soon enough. And it's probably quite hard. I have I have no idea where would I search for it if. But uh, obviously, yeah, if someone, if, someone... If, if you know about them, you, they don't, they probably don't actually need it. Like mm-hmm. like you said that uh, when you really need, needed the the investment, your people just didn't know that you exist. Yeah, that's the point. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's 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 a, a very impressing answer. I should say. I'm I'm constant. I really love that you uh, you were able to make into this podcast. I'm learning so much, and thank you for your wisdom. I can't say anything else. All right, uh, Nick. Uh, I'd like to switch a little uh, topic a little bit because we were uh, mm-hmm. we were a uh, little too serious, but uh, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. But um, how how surprising is it to you that the audience of Factorio seems to be the mo- more of a uh, tinkering programmer types? Like I know a, a lot of software developers. Famously, the CEO of Shopify plays Factorio. I don't know if you do. Uh, I, I have no idea. I don't. I'm not sure if I shop. What is even Shopify? <laughs> Shopify. <laughs> okay. It's a it's a very very successful company, uh, and uh, oh, yeah. he talked about it, and he actually I... follows you on Twitter. Oh really? I'm I'm sometimes I'm really sorry for being a little bit ignorant. I there are so many things happening in the world that I have no idea. I never heard Shop I, I about Shopify, but yeah, apparently it's some big company. Revenue one point five billion USD. Okay, it's probably it's a big company. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, I, I mean, I'm not basically the. If you ask if I'm in uh, surprised. The programmers and engineers play our game. It's not a surprise at all. Obviously, it's it's it was obvious from almost the beginning. Basically, the idea was, uh, you know, the idea was the games are basically being done mainly for mainstream, and this is where most money is done. Like if you have big company doing big game and you want to sell it to a lot of people, it needs to be mainstream game. That's obvious. But they are the the bad was that there is enough of people that that are not in mainstream, they want something different and there's, there are not really that many games for them. And there are these kind of programmers, engineers that uh, that enjoy this kind of deeper thinking or like more creative way of playing, but I don't know how to say it. And, and we are like, it's from the beginning, like uh, people, I think, the, the, that's that's the general problem of my life because I live, I live in a, when, when I say it uh, honestly, I live in a bubble of smart people, basically. Like I, when I was in school, I was in school for smart, smart people, smart kids. And when I was uh, in uh, university, I was like in the matfits, which is like mathematical uh, university, mathematical slash programming slash physics. And I had all my like my my friends are like that, and my my wife is like teacher of math, etc. So and now and now I'm making game, and my bubble continues to be like that because our players are also smart people. That that's the point. Like people on our forums, they are generally. I I actually like when I compare the comments on our forums and compare it with comments on some random YouTube video, then it's a completely different story. The point is that I feel that uh, you know. Don't worry. Uh, don't worry. You now met me, and I'm very stupid. So I got you covered. No, 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 no. <laughs> so the 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 point is that uh, I feel that 
I feel that it's obvious that our, our game is played by smart people because the game is kind of made for smart. It's the, the game is not, I'm not trying to say the game is very complicated, actually. Like, if you really think about it, it's kind of simple in the principle, but it kind of works on, on some level. It works, uh, it works for these kind of people. And uh, it's from the beginning. So on the forums, I, I was, because I, I came from the, I know all the internet kind of not I wouldn't say dark corners, but I know I know about I know all the trollings and memes and everything from the very early days when I wasn't on Facebook when Facebook didn't even exist, and and I was prepared from the beginning that people would be trolling us and everything, and I was kind of uh, prepared. I prepared myself to not be affected by it because it always happens, and you shouldn't you should never be affected by it. And in the end, it. That didn't really happen almost at all, and I was almost surprised. I expect the hates and the, and the trolling and everything, and it's not there. It's not happening. It's 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 like on the on on all the platforms we communicate, people very, like if people if people don't like the game, even if they don't like it, usually they say it in a way that I actually have nothing. I I, I have to I have to say that they use arguments. I didn't like it, and they make sense because they are obviously the game is not for everyone. And if someone like doesn't like some aspect of the game, usually they use arguments to explain it. And very often it happens that they make us to change something, or or just I have to say, you know, like it's 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 no there's no like drama usually. Like it's very rare that people really you really use arguments and use like. The old uh, forums were were very different. Like you could argue in good faith and actually uh, reach a conclusion. Uh, in that, it's not like Facebook today when it's just shit slinging. Yeah. I, I remember the earlier days of the internet when the, a civilized discussion was basically possible. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's and even like sometimes I, I was I was kind of almost like almost like a little bit looking for the drama let's it's like let's see how, how how it is and but often it's like someone says something and someone else is like oh did you mean it's offensive and the other guy is no 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 you misunderstood me i just wanted to you know say say this argument or something like people really try i try to be nice generally what do you and think of the argument that no fact... like like yep. generally like then it gets uh sometimes it gets personal but uh, very often, like the the cases where it gets personal, like it's not. And now, now I'm getting a little bit uh, from subject to subject. But uh, even like in our in our team, uh, especially like when I started with Thomas and with Thomas, we had this great, great, great luck that we are like we were like super compatible. We were like uh, not only that we were like similar, especially like we are the very different people. Like, uh, but we are. We were very compatible in a way that uh, we filled different kind of gaps in our skill set. I would say. You know, and... what reminds that me of uh, you. You probably familiar with the show Midbusters. Uh, what show Midbusters? Midbusters. Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was very surprising to me that the two hosts actually don't like each other. They can <laughs> they they work very well together, but mm-hmm. they said that they they avoid each other at, at all uh, if if at all possible. So that's interesting. Yeah, and and it's interesting that you don't have to 
pers- like the person to uh, have a yeah. good working but relationship. But we, we, we didn't, we, we, I think we didn't have, we liked each other, it's fine. We still like each other. And we, we were living together in an apartment working 16 or 6, 14 hours a day, every day for two years at least. And we didn't have any problems. So apparently it's, it uh, yeah, means something. Means different to be it means something. But uh, what I'm trying to say is that uh, we always, when we had like different way of view or something, we basically were always able to find, like to discuss, discuss it until it's resolved. Basically, uh, almost always there's, uh, when it's programming, uh, it's, when it was related to programming, it's almost, almost always you can objectively say this is better or this is better. And, and we were both able to like, this, I think one of the main uh, important things actually when you do any business is to be able to see your mistakes and don't be afraid to like say that you made mistakes, obviously. So uh, we were always like, sometimes he made mistakes and I, I showed it to him and he was okay with it sometimes. I'm, and, and this, and this, uh, so we were always like discussing uh, about it until we found the resolution. And the only problem, like I'm trying to get to the point, the only like, uh, problem when when discussion and, and then this kind of same principle then was with more and more people when we when when then the company grew, but the only problem when a discussion started to be were really heated and were really like hard to manage was when it was something that's not objective. It's 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 so uh, not only that it started to be like for example you. Uh, usually it's for example UI like do I like uh, the control to be the drop down or this kind of control or three buttons or whatever then when when it's kind of similar in uh, in uh, how it's how useful it is but uh, but it's more related to how our brain works basically it's, people have different differently uh, wide brain and it feels natural for you to use the UI one way and for some other it feels natural other way and you can't really explain you can't objectify it it's just it feels obvious to you, and this is where it starts to be hard. Like, how can he not understand that this UI element is so annoying to use, and how how can he defend it? And this is where this is where uh, and and it's all like the same with graphics, with style of graphics or things like the things that you can't objectify. They are also like close to your emotions because you because when you can't like think, I don't know, I I can't really explain it. So these kind of things. And this is the same with the community. Like when when we when we made some some change and they didn't like it, and we could explain to them that there are like clear reasons why it's was changed. They kind of accept it. But when we changed something because we felt that it's better, but we couldn't explain it, and some people felt different way. This is the only time when people really couldn't hold it. Some hold it sometimes. It's 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 really this, this is really interesting, and I feel that this is part of the communication or something that need some attention and I would like to get better in this if I don't know if you if if you understand how how I mean it but absolutely absolutely this is uh, uh, at some level it's a matter of taste and you just can't explain it but but you feel it is right uh, especially with our art style like I I personally don't really like the 8-bit pixel art and some people mm-hmm. go crazy for it and I, I will never be able to explain why I don't like it yeah. So absolutely, I can relate to it. And mm-hmm. regard, uh, regarding trolling, please settle an argument for me. In Factorio, are the real enemy the trees? <laughs> obviously. Well, the <laughs> trees are one of the, one of the main enemies, obviously. This is why you should pay on a desert. 
which is like which is which is harder because there are more attacks but also easier because there are no fucking trees in your way obviously but so, but yeah. you you need the trees to make some very very yeah, <laughs> important but you stuff. A few, basically just in the beginning and then you get the better pose and then you are done with it but uh i actually i someone made a video on youtube it's like uh someone who really hates trees i don't i don't know if and he makes like videos and he compares games uh come like in a way like how how annoying it is to mine trees there and how many ways you can remove trees or something and he li- i remember that he liked factory a lot because they are like several I love ways that I you can... can just carpet bomb the trees and yeah, there are several ways I can like you can put them on fire, you can use mine them, you can uh you can use robots, you can uh, use uh, bombs. I don't I don't even remember all the all the ways, but you can use tank and just run them over and and uh yeah, they are just get and this is this is what I think is kind of beauty of the game because because it shows like we you don't can, really like hate nature, so right? Stuff. Like you you usually you don't hate nature. But when you are in the mindset of I just need to expand that this is in my fucking way, I don't care what it is. If it is a tree and there's a small gorilla baby, I don't care. I just want my factory to get bigger. Then this is really, really nice because then like you finish your game and then a week later you think about it, think like, oh, maybe now I understand a little bit more these bastards that are destroying the rainforest. They just they are in a in a mindset that's just I you know, of expanding their whatever they are building there or whatever they need. And they just uh, they just don't understand like what they are doing until it's too late, for example, maybe or something like that. Like it's 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 like uh, I would say it's almost like a possibility to experience being evil in a way without even without realizing that's what video realizing. games are for. Which uh, is great. Better be uh, evil would, in a video and game. And I, I actually I would like to I would specifically like to like uh, explore this part of the factory even more in, in somewhere like being even more evil. Like you, you, you don't know how much evil you will become in the future in the factory. It will be much worse. It'll be. <laughs> I have some crazy ideas. <laughs> Let's say like like uh, uh, tear jerking commercials uh, with uh, widowed biters, right? Like what? Teach what? What is it? Like uh, like uh, this te- tearing, uh, like very sad commercials, which shows the the widowed uh, widowed biters who missing their husbands that you just killed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Poor bugs. And uh, by the way, I wanted to ask, uh, which language or which which uh, architecture uh, factor AO is written in? Oh, I I know just one language, so I made it in one language I know in C plus plus. I mean, I don't even know C++. I still feel that after 25 years, there are still parts of it that I have no idea how they work. It is but, it is quite well optimized, I, I would say. It's, but yeah, uh, but basically, it was... Uh, actually, it's kind of funny that the first version of Factorio was in Java because, I don't know, I thought, like, let's try something different. And I was doing it, I was doing it a week. And after a week doing it in Java, and I, I kind of explored what are your performance optimization possibilities i realized that they are so low like you can do so so little compared to c plus compared to what i would use to that after a week i rewrote the work and i moved to c plus <laughs> plus so uh, since that day i i everything in fact is in c plus plus and basically we we don't 
in the beginning i was thinking of using some like 2d engine or some something like that but i was i was uh, afraid that at some point i would find out that there is some problem with uh, performance because i knew from the beginning that i would need a lot of performance that was obvious like this one of the problems with for example minecraft modding was but when i was building trying to build the factories in the minecraft there was problem with uh, you know this chunk activation etc and when you somehow use some mods to force chunk activation in Minecraft, the game started to be slower and slower because the game just wasn't built for this, you know. So and I so I it was obvious from the start that I will have to, you know, in, typically in the games you just you don't have this problem because usually you simulate things around the player, and that's it. And when you go somewhere else, you just download it. But it was obvious that with factory you will have to simulate the whole factory all the time. So. It's kind of crazy, and it, the factory needs to be big, because when the factory is big, this is when the you know fun part is when the the complexity uh, that arises from the factory being big. So it was obvious from the start that performance will be a limiting factor. So from the start, I was afraid to use some kind of engine because suddenly I would find out in the mid like after two years, I would find out okay, I need to optimize this, but I can because it's in the engine and. I just need to use the engine, and and it would be super difficult to get rid of it. So for that reason, I just uh, didn't use any engine and did everything. Basically, we did we program almost everything. We used to, we just used some uh, library for GUI. We used Allegro, which is super 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 old school graphic engine that's that's uh, used since the DOS days, and. And we got rid of Allegro already, like we use as directly SDL now. But still, it's like basically we don't use the engine we use. It's like draw me a sprite, play me a sp- play me a music or something, and that's it. The rest we have to do manually. It does the job quite well. And uh, by the way, I um, watched a few. Uh, first of all, there are entire YouTube channels uh, with with considerable following dedicated to Factorio. This this must feel awesome in itself, and second the the levels that people take this like this obsessively uh, dif- uh like complicated and awesomely like basically engineered uh, factories. Uh, mm-hmm. do, uh, how how does that make you feel? Like do you think that oh my god these these people know better uh, know the game better than me? Well, first of all, obviously they know the better game than me. That's uh, that's that's obvious because. I I can I need to work on the game and they can just play the game. And the second I I first of all I want to say that I don't want to get it over my head because any game anything that's on the internet has some almost that's at least like remotely interesting or famous has some people that are obsessed with it. So it's not it's not like sign of uh you know like if you sign off something that it's uh that's just for with factory it's with everything. Uh, but, yeah, but obviously, but people, we, uh, for example, we have like one 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 of our uh, one of our people in our com- in our company. It's it's Vasaf actually. He's like he plays much more than I play. And when we play together, I'm like I feel super small with him because he I want to do I want to like I do one thing. In the meantime, he does three things, and still he watches me and tell, tells me what I just did wrong. I I don't understand how it's possible, but I'm well aware that. Uh, I'm not that good in the game, but I think that's kind of fine. I mean, I I kind of enjoy l- maybe a little bit different things that uh, like 
completely uh, core players, not like the players that really like take it seriously. Enjoy, for example, I don't know. People are super obsessed about ratios. Like I built uh, exactly this amount of assemblers and this amount of assemblers, and so it builds exactly uh, precisely what it needs. And actually, I enjoy building the game in a very more natural way. Like I, I don't know. Let's build five assemblers of of I don't know this product. And if it's not enough, I will just add more later, whatever. And it feels like more natural that it's more fun that I just add when it's needed and I have to look for the buttonless, etc. And maybe in the very late game, I kind of make a little bit precise setup for some bigger factories. But other, other than that, I just enjoy more the, uh, you know, playing as I go, let's say. And also, I think it's maybe a little bit better if I'm like not like really pro in the game because. Still, the game should be uh, when I am, for example, I don't know, I would say, for example, we made in the game, we we might improve something that's usually usual, useful for the normal player, but maybe the veteran would say, oh, I don't really need it because I have this uh, blueprint for it that solves it with circuit network and, and it's just, it's solvable. But uh, maybe I would say, yeah, but the normal player doesn't know how to solve it and it's too complicated for him and it's too annoying to 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 solve it this I way. I don't know how like For example, much. we didn't have splitters in the game and one friend told me, like, splitters are useless. I'm using this, using this circuit setup to split things perfectly and, and I can, com- I can you know, like, configure it in any way I want, etc. I was like, yes, but it's it's super annoying to build and splitter is a simple thing. You just split two things. You, you shouldn't have... It shouldn't be, be complicated to make something simple. So... So this is how this is how I feel about it. I don't know if it is good enough answer. Oh, it absolutely is. Uh have you have you encountered something when when uh like watching someone play? I I don't know how much you do that. Uh, you have a finite amount of time, oh, but yeah, in, like... the, in the beginning I did obviously all the time. In the beginning I I was just googling like every day. I googled like factory last twenty four hours and just I I watched every discussion, every everything. But obviously. It, it was less and less possible, and now I just uh, mainly I watch videos only when we, for example, make a new version. So I watch like I'm excited to see the video where they talk about doing new features and how they like it. This is I think it's really nice, and also what they say uh, like about it. Uh, but obviously, like I don't watch typical like playthroughs of, uh, and when there is like some big playthrough of some bigger YouTuber, like the last one was I think Sips or how was it called. Then sometimes I watch it, but it's like obviously, it's like a small fraction of what what's there. And uh, uh, yeah, the question is: Have you been like surprised by by some of the solutions? Like, oh my god, I would have, would have never thought of this. Well, yeah, I, obviously mainly in the beginning because now there are no not that many new uh, principles. But in the beginning, I remember I was most surprised when they d- discovered that you can move. It was the, they can move car by bells and they make like a bus with cars moving uh, on bells around and being like super, super with they have like super big throughput etc. You, you, you that... put put stuff into the car's trunk and move that around by a bell. Yeah. Oh my you god. Know? <laughs> no, <laughs> I haven't encountered this. That's so so. And obviously there are some more crazy ideas. Like for example, you make a super long train and just move it tile by tile and stop for a little bit and use it like kind of a big belt in the middle of the factory as, as like a bus and things like that. Like sometimes 
sometimes I'm kind of surprised by it, but but these days it's mainly about uh, I'm surprised that, for example, when people can make it nice, tidy, and organized, it's also like something like we. There are two extremes that are interesting. Like one is like super huge spaghetti, which is basically just fun because <coughs> when it's like the main bus strategy, that's maybe that's a like kind of good compromise between how easy it is to do and uh, you know how can I extend. But it's kind of the same all the time. But when people make like really big spaghetti, this is that is the fun. Like when you need to squeeze your belt, like one more belt through the middle of the factory, and there's more and more of them. And this is where the game really like is kind of fun. Or when our and the second and second extreme that I like is like when people really can have really nicely organized factories. Everything has like, to be tileable. Like yeah, everything tileable, but and everything kind of nicely. I don't know how to say it, like nicely done. It's also it's also nice, but it's what what actually what surprised me the most is not like this is kind of normal, but what surprised me most like when people are uh, how to say they feel inferior about their factory. Like for example, when we have a, when we solve bug reports, so very often we have a bug report. They explain the problem. I said, okay, give me the save so I can look at it and see why it can't be loaded or anything. And they give me the save and. It happens like most of the time. It happens that yeah, here's the save, but please don't worry about the factory. It's just you know, I'm just this is just temporary part of the factory. It's a little bit messy, but uh, you know, like they are apologizing for the, the save isn't like some perfect game. Like please, they think please that, forgive me for being a filthy casual. Yeah, this is really. I I found it. People just can't stop themselves from saying these kind of things, and I I find it really amusing a little bit because I, I I enjoy obviously new people. I actually for example my my four and a half year son he started playing Factorio and and he made some some super nicely inefficient crazy factories. Maybe wait a second I will put a this is a post castle but I will I will I will give you a picture of one of them because it's so it's it's so inefficiently that it's, it's so like nice. It's 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 cute, you know. And this is why I like when someone new plays it, and when I when I see them discovering like how the game like this because this is a process basically, and it almost never ends. Like you start playing the game, you you just improvise, and then you learn little bit by little by by how to build stuff, etc. And you never and it, have enough and, iron. And you, and you are somewhere in the process, and it's I think it's actually maybe even more interesting to me for me to see the like someone in the beginning of the process than to see some pro you know just oh yeah i need to i need to i mean that that must be a true joy like uh your your child playing playing with your creation oh wait a second today your files are too powerful what uh, oh i can't upload the file Oh, okay, wow. never mind. I wanted to put into the Discord, but I will maybe send it later because the, I so, will, so uh, the, there will be a post. Uh, so the, if you send the way send how it inefficient me. the factory was of my child was it was really, and the fact it was actually the fact that helped me to get back to factory because I had some phase where I was overworked and I I didn't work for almost like nine months. I didn't work on factory almost at all because I just was burnt out or. It's kind of hard, and my son started playing it, and he was so joyful about the game. 
Yeah, okay. I, I will send it to you later. And uh, that I, I, the joy kind of got me back to it. It's like, oh, actually, when I can see how he enjoys it, I, I want to. And, and he found some bugs, some kind of in the game and then I solved it based on the bug and I felt good. So this is this was this was really like like nice feeling too when when I can imagine and, and also my, my feeling is like if four and a half year uh, old guy can play it and enjoy it and kind of understand what is it about then maybe the game is not that you know like only for smart people. That's the point it's it's not really about it's not really hard game. It's just about you need to be certain kind of person to enjoy it, to have fun. I think that's 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 also my takeaway. Yeah. Okay. So so um, you, this is about this is about yeah. I was talking about people apology apologizing about uh, not this is this is really like really fun. It's still happening. To I think it's not happening that much because I maybe I told it several times somewhere that it's really weird that people apologize now. They are not apologizing that much. <laughs> but it's still still happening sometimes. Let me circle back a little. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, one of uh, one of the viewers, Digity, had a question uh, about um, any thoughts on propping up the current brute war community. Mm-hmm. I, I don't propping up. I th- think th- he means. I don't know if he's still in the chat, but I think he means that uh, brute war is kind of a neglected community. Uh, yeah from Blizzard's part, uh, there is no, no two ways about that, and and uh, I don't know what's your thoughts on that. I I, I think that's the nature of the I question. I mean, but neglected by, like, by whom? Like, when you say neglected, it means, like, someone should take care, and he's not taking care. Uh, yeah, 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 Blizzard, him, uh, Blizzard itself. Oh, I mean, by Blizzard, like, that Blizzard doesn't, like, what? Because, uh, you know, basically I... Don't... My... They basically don't invest in Brood War anymore. They they oh. they just don't don't uh, yeah, support but what tournaments. Should, what, and should, what should they really? I don't know what should they do. Like the only thing that I really kind of they they made the remastered, which I think is was a big thing. And then the only thing I personally base is not personally, but that objectively is missing is the possibility to play two versus two on ledger. I think that's that's one of the things that that makes sense and just isn't there but i don't know what they should like do like they should do tournaments or they should uh, improve the game or i don't know what what would you have in, in mind for the factory for the i'm just work? i'm just forwarding the question here yeah. uh, this is a That's... very very uh, very vague question i feel uh, yes. and i don't see him in the chat anymore but uh, well feel free to elaborate on that i feel i feel it's like it's like a chess or something before it's like the chess creators also don't support chess. It doesn't need support. It's just it's just there. And... Well, and uh, a little bit of of uh, question. Uh, have you uh, do you plan to uh, do something with Brood War AI in in this lifetime? <laughs> in this lifetime, yeah, I would love to. I mean, I would love to, but I can't promise anything because there are so many things in our lifetime to do. Yeah, that, because uh, yeah, you you I think I created think this and I can. And it, I, I feel that it's probably improbable that I would try to make the mechanical bot or something, but uh, I'm. it's probably obvious that I'm kind of uh, excited about AI generally. Uh, for example, I don't know if you know about the GPT-3 that's kind of happened and it's interesting. I got uh, access to their 
today I played playground and I played with a little bit and it's not as good as they tried to look to be, but still it's like way, way, way bigger step than I think else we had so far. So generally like it's something if I'm thinking what to do with my life in the future, apart just making games and playing games and having family, then it's then it's AI. I think I, I don't I know I don't like honestly I know nothing about AI at this point. Like I have no idea what's like I just know the very basics. But I, I think it's everything I would love to learn about it and somehow get into it. And I'm not really sure what would I do. And if I get into it, then like using Brute War as my as the you know way to test what what can I do. It's a very good training ground. Like that's, uh, it is that's the... like I can imagine I can imagine that this could be this could be interesting. I hope Especially... you do. Especially because you know it's like you because I kind of know the game. It's like if I what else should I test in? Also, I'm also I love Go. That's my like second favorite. I would say maybe Go is my first favorite, and then Sark after my second favorite. And but Go is kind of they already made AI for Go. That's good enough. So so it's not wouldn't be that exciting for me. So uh, if you if you ever ever get into uh, Brutoria in any capacity, mm-hmm. then well, just just reach out and the community will will love you <laughs> uh, for all you did. But yeah, just creating Brutoria API is is just. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's 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 such a big such a big uh, and, step in itself. And it's just and it, this is a great example. Like it was not done. Like it was done because I needed it. To do something else, and this is, I think, this is the best motivation to do anything. Like if, uh, if you make a game just because you want to play this game, but it doesn't exist, it's a great motivation. If someone making some business, like typically when you look at the successful businesses, that the people very often didn't even plan to make like a big business. They just felt like, oh, this thing, no one did this, and I needed that, so. What could I do? I just started doing that, and suddenly there was a business out of it. And the same is with the APIs; like no one did it, and so I think this is the this is the mindset that we should generally try to have. In the... This is for, this is why I kind of like, for example, Musk, etc., because he has the same kind of mindset. Like, why is no one going to Mars yet? What the fuck? So I need to do it then. Yeah, <laughs> the, I absolutely the... love I absolutely love his approach. And That's... like um, he he had his thinking from first principles. Like uh, if if he b- builds a company, he he thinks through the entire su- supply chain, and well, he is building a battery factory. And I I wouldn't rule out uh, he is he like opening a lithium mine next because that's the next logical step. Like you need need something done. You no, that's better not rely yeah, on we are, we are getting a little bit of topic but i think uh, a bit <laughs> but i mean what is lithium, on topic might, i think that lithium might not be needed in some next gen batteries it's it's it looks like it it's not impossible that lithium wouldn't be needed at all which would be the best it was just an example of the first principle thing yeah but yeah yes. i know but I, I think like this is too like i don't know if it's good to own all the chains i don't know i'm not a businessman i don't know yeah, that's the point. I'm not a businessman. I'm I'm a gamer and programmer, and by chance, I kind of got into business. But it wasn't it, it wasn't even the kind of a primary motivation. So it's it's a side product basically, which is which is the fun fun part. Anyway, so um, let's get closer to the 
to the questions that you want to ask. I mean, do you still have some question, or we can? Just uh, no, actually, I, uh, I uh, that was that was the last question uh, that mm-hmm. that I had in the chat. Uh, I, mm-hmm. uh, I, no, I don't have any any more prepared ones. Yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, we've been going for almost three hours, so it yeah, is, yeah. it's probably the longest cast ever. Oh. Uh, so I, I would say that... I, I warned you that I, I am long, long-winded. I, 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 I very much enjoyed it. I, I really... It is it is one of the best, and, and I... Maybe we, sh- we, we can continue this. I was just, uh, yeah, drinking your words. It's it's really awesome. So I, I think oh. uh, we should we should prepare to close up. And mm-hmm. I would like to give you and the audience uh, the opportunity to add, ask a few closing questions. And uh, yeah, as, uh, all, all I can say is I'm, I'm honored to have you on the podcast. Well, thank you for inviting me. It was a nice, nice evening. <laughs> then, uh, well, uh, we didn't really let uh, Mr. Heinerman speak, but <laughs> I mean, he, he... I don't know. Is he still here? Is he sleeping? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, but so maybe maybe you can tell your perspective or something, or I don't know. Um, perspective on what? On Ruber API because because I was there in the beginning, but then I basically left, and you were still there until maybe this day, kind of. So. Uh yeah, uh it was really fun. <laughs> I just enjoy reverse engineering stuff. Um. Basically, there is one big thing left for uh, to do in Broodwar API, which is making it making the uh, support for remastered, and then it is it is basically concluded. Mm-hmm. I think. Also, remastered isn't isn't done yet. No, no, it's not. It's um, in progress, but uh, since... and and Adam uh, and how how different it is. Um, we can't we can't hook into it. Uh, like we did with Brudor. Um but we did. We got some kind of well, not official support yet, but they they have like a a branch, like a private branch, um, with uh like a um protobuf kind of API. Like Blizzard, like you communicated with Blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like you you contacted them or? Uh, I think they they kind of started it on their own. Really? Um, like they contacted you? Oh no, I I did contact them actually, uh, but they also did a little bit of stuff on their own. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I think what's left is in the Brutal API, we need to finish uh, the next version and release that before we can integrate uh, if integration is still on the table because it's been. And and what? So, why can't it? I have just two questions. Why can't it be hook? And the second question is uh, with their private branch, how would it work? Like, would they give you different executable for that's possible to hook or something yeah they, they sent an executable and they already gave it to you uh i think so um mm-hmm. i don't remember where i put it though <laughs> okay that's kind of don't don't don't, lo- don't lose it <laughs> yeah that, that's that's kind of interesting that they would go 
uh, forward. Okay, so, and and mm -hmm. so yeah, uh, the basic uh, basic gist of it is uh, since it's a volunteer project and it's a non-trivial amount of work, it is progressing slowly. Yeah, but I mean the point is that if if we have them on the line, then I mean we we wouldn't have to the reverse engineer it at all if if they provided if they uh, they would probably not provide the source code I guess but I mean if they provided the source code obviously it would be a completely different story then we could we could just we wouldn't have to we just just have to make the, we could make the API somehow official but so but at mm -hmm. yeah uh, reverse engineering uh, remastered isn't uh, necessarily a good idea. Um, they have like anti-hack protection and stuff in it now. So um, I don't know, like if the monitoring changes, it could like catch people and ban them. Um, mm -hmm. So I don't want to really risk that. Um, and there are a bunch of options. Like there's the 1.16.1 binary is still being vended by third parties and OpenBW is a thing that people can use. So there, there are options, mm -hmm. and I don't want to put in a ton of effort into, you know, reverse engineering the new binary, which uh, yeah, I understand. changes and it has like um, obfuscation and all those other crazy stuff. Yeah, I've, if they really invest anything into obfuscation, that means that you would probably have to do a lot of work every release or even more. I can imagine it could be exponentially harder. And uh, and how is it with open open root or is it it's like it's is it actually a thing? Is it working? Yeah, you can um like you can take a one point sixteen point one replay and replay it in OpenBW and wow. play correctly because it um uh it was built from reverse engineered code oh that's very cool so and and so you can even so why don't we use that for 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 uh, api now because then it means uh we can uh there's already uh api hooks in that too mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't even know that this exists. This is crazy. Okay. Alright guys, uh I'm gonna forcibly mm -hmm. uh, uh say <laughs> that that uh, we should end this cast because mm -hmm. uh I I'm myself getting really tired. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. that is just not good for the for the viewers. But uh I would I would absolutely love if we could continue this uh just just uh, with the two of you uh next time. I hope hope we can manage that maybe. Maybe some other day. Okay. So thank you for inviting and have a nice day. Thank you for uh, thank you for uh, joining and uh, please stay on the line. I'm ending the stream yes. now. Thank you very much for listening. If you did so on YouTube, please throw us a like and maybe a subscribe. If you want to support the show, go to patreon.com/mcdt. Shout out to my patrons so far: Plus Nielsen and James Schubeck. Thanks again and goodbye.